1: Today's episode is basic instinct. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest Movie Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me the ever challenge Justin Waddell, Justin. How
2: are you? I'm tired. Oh my god. How are you doing? Are you like Lightning McQueen? Was it how what tired? Oh, nice. Yeah. Owen Wilson. <laughs> Owen Wilson voice. That uh, character. Zoom in. <laughs> zoom in. Yeah. And we
1: have a special guest back by popular demand, uh, basically by us, uh, Mr. John McCarrow. <laughs> Welcome back, sir.
0: What's happening? Happy to be here. We are we are
1: social distance as fuck, uh, each in our respective domiciles, but it's nice to see everybody.
2: You guys this both have uh, shots of that. Are you guys both outside? Yes.
0: Yeah. I'm on my screen and porch out here.
1: Nice. And I so wish I had a screen in porch. Mine's open air, but I've got a fire going behind me. I've got a grill going in front of me. Could be worse. What's You're
0: on smoker. the grill, Nick?
2: You're smoker, I, right? I've got
1: a uh, like a like a giant ass uh, uh beef tenderloin and I just
2: finished some drumsticks. Is okay. that are When's you that? are you are you doing that in um uh appreciation of this movie? Is that why? Is it somehow Yeah, you know, growing I ga- up? I gave the beef a facelift before I put it in. <laughs>
0: Well, if, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, I think the rape scene took place in the Tenderloin District of San Francisco. <laughs> that's right. So maybe that's the reference, right? Oh
1: I've goodness. been there. That's a that's an interesting spot. Yeah, so yeah, you guys know what movie we're doing tonight. You, you clicked on the link. It's Basic Instinct. But it's the movie Microscope, and it's not something that everybody knows about, so I figured I'd give you guys a clue. If you don't know what the movie Microscope is, it's a show where we zoom in. We watch a film with a, a set of perpendicular eyes, and we glance casually... Uh, at the remnants of of uh, the pieces and whatever makes or breaks we we share with you. So if we're watching, if we're watching the shrimp on the Barbie, we wouldn't talk about the scene where Cheech Marin is upside down hang gliding. We would talk about the little moments, and there's a ton of them in the, in the old Basic Instinct, a film that is near and dear to all of our hearts. Am I right?
0: You know it's I mean, funny I had not seen this movie um until you shouted out on Sunday you know saying hey let's do this so um don't know how I missed it over the years um it was so notorious. Or, Yeah I think that maybe that probably had something to do with it just so overhyped or whatever um, you know you're a little bit,
2: you're, a little, you're a little bit young when it came out Jonathan
0: Yeah but Blake I saw and I, I a were... recall, you know I mean yeah, that but was those, a little...
2: Yeah those those are classics my friend Basic you know what? You know what's a, funny uh, is this movie, like
1: Verhoeven. This gave him a lot of uh, wattage. I mean, even though Total Recall was a hit, this this gave him some fucking swag. You know, well, arguing way, with, arguing with uh, feminists and then having feminists do commentary tracks. He was all over the place.
2: But then yeah, he but was. By uh, the
0: way, he had like kind of a pretty impre- like to have um, you know RoboCop, Total Recall basic instinct within like this five-year period like well starship troopers right after but those three movies back to back to back i mean all hits number one but also so basically radically different right i mean robocop that kind of pure satire total recall that was on recently i watched it uh doesn't hold up let's just put it that way way. um <laughs> but I mean, that was like a pretty impressive run, right? I mean, I don't think there's many other directors that have handled that kind of dynamic shift so rapidly. And well, I mean, I think Basic Instinct
2: is very, very similar to RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I Both think feature rape. This uh, <laughs> came out in 1992. Zoom in. It's a huge hit. Yep. And, it, Nick, why don't you run down the cast? Well, first, I want a little background. Let's say, I saw this, I don't
1: know if I was the right age or whatever, but this movie, I saw this movie in the theater at least once, probably more than once. Hmm. I bought it on every format (coughs) since then. I don't know why, but I have owned this movie in every format, and I've actually watched it in every format, including digital. So that's just, I don't even know why. Well, maybe it's because you like it. Do you consider that? You know what's funny? This is the first time I've ever watched it, and it felt dated to me. By yeah. the way, it's a shame that Romance in the Stone was taken because what a great title this would have been.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, do you, is this the movie where you threw your uh, pants across the movie theater? Because that would that be was, appropriate given some was, of the content.
2: That was Richard III. Thank you.
0: Oh, oh. Uh, I
2: saw this film. It was uh, I saw this film. I remember we went. My friend and I went because we were like, we're going to go to make fun of it but really that's not why we went, you know what I'm saying? You kind of wanted to see it for other reasons. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, you got your money's worth. I, uh, yeah, it, yeah. It felt it's a, it was is a very strange movie at the time. Cause it, it felt pretty, uh, different than like anything that had come out for a long time. Um, but after this though, it was like a cottage industry of these kind of movies, right? Didn't Shannon Tweed basically get a career and, uh-huh. and straight to, She she was
1: she started in the eighties. This is sort of like an update of what Fatal Attraction was, you know, from the the eighties had Fatal Attraction and then the nineties starred Michael Douglas, right? Of course, yeah, because he was the sleaze du jour for three decades.
2: (laughs) Has there ever been a sleazier actor?
0: Then but I think you're right, Justin, though, because, you know, Jade, and if I'm not mistaken, Esther House maybe did the, the initial draft of Jade. But, there, you know, there was sort of those kind of, you know, neo-noir, you know, sex films that sort of came after this. Right. Well, and Sliver,
1: like, which is now available in the unrated version on uh, Amazon right now.
0: But, Woo. You know what I'm yeah, doing that, right? And
2: that was that was Sharon Stone, too. But like, I think this movie, it was such a huge hit that, yeah, it, I think there were some copycats. Certainly afterwards in, in at the box office, but it seemed to just spawn such a huge like straight to video genre, don't you think? There's so many of those movies that I never really watched, including I mean, Copycat. You see? <laughs> Harry Connick. That was that was more of a that was less sex. That was more like
1: a seven. That wanted to be serial seven. killer. Yeah. So that you talk about the cast. Okay, so it stars Mitch Pileggi. <laughs> uh, Daniel Van Bargen
2: <laughs> definitely George- <laughs> forgotten that Mitch Pledge was. In there.
1: George Zunza, Steven uh,
2: Tobloski.
1: Steven Toblaski trying to be tough which blew my mind. Wayne Knight. <laughs>
0: up. Yep, Wayne Knight. Chelsea
1: Ross. Chelsea Ross, you got you've got, James, Roxy. You got Roxy.
0: James Reb, Rebhorn. He's What's in her his- name? Yeah, he's he's one of he's like uh he's one of the doctors at the hospital when he's trying he, to track down I uh, miss
1: uh, oh I miss him. He's in one barn. scene. Yeah he's, a hey, yeah,
0: he's He's great though.
1: I love him. He's dead. Uh you got you got the classic. You got, you know, Gene Triplehorn. You know. She, yeah, she's
0: a smoke show in her own right, too. I mean, God, her and Stone were um in their prime.
2: Yeah, very, very pretty. I think this might have been Triplehorn's first, first it was. movie? It was. First movie?
0: Yeah.
2: It's a little, and, uh, Leland's girl. That's right. Leland Orser's wife. But I uh, used to, yeah. Anyway, I knew her from the Ben Stiller show. She was on the Ben Stiller show for a little bit. Like that's kind of how I knew her. Uh, but she, I guess she was, you know, before she was in Basic Instinct. She and then, was in the Ben Stiller show. But she that's had this word. in the
1: firm, which was like a a pretty good knockout punch there. And I, I always kind of hated her, uh, hmm. but I don't hate her anymore. I don't think.
2: She's a good actress, I think, and she's, she's really good on the show Big Love, which I don't know if you guys ever watched, but Bill yeah. Paxton and and yeah. she played one of the... She was like the star of that show. Her, her and Paxton, really. Um, anyway, uh, and who else, Nick? Oh, Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm.
0: Sharon Stone? Say, you she,
2: say, yeah, you didn't say Sharon Stone, man. Oh, she's in this? <laughs>
1: Did you this read the is, okay before? Can I did you guys read the list of people who were considered for this part?
0: Insane, just about I mean, everybody but Sharon Stone, right? Like, no, no, for for
2: Winston. the right, right, but for the Douglas part, Mm-mm. Justin, did you see this list? I got tired when I was reading it, but I saw Harrison
1: Ford on there. Oh, I gotta read this. This is insane. Just okay. think about it, an alternate universe. Okay, so you, there's the go to's like Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Ray Liotta, Patrick Swayze, Harrison Ford. Kevin Costner. Hold on Mel-
0: a second. You said the usual list, like Ray Liotta fits in with those fucking it, <laughs> <up. laughs>
1: it was the early 90s. Mel Gibson, Robert De Niro, Sean Penn, Tom Hanks, Charlie Sheen, Michael J. Fox, Stallone, Jack Nicholson, Bruce Willis, Al Pacino, Martin Sheen, Nicholas Cage, Dennis Quaid, Jeff Bridges, John Volter, Richard Dean Anderson, Don Johnson, <laughs> Chuck Norris, and the absolute <laughs> best. I would this movie would be a perfect 10 if they cast this guy, Christopher Lloyd.
0: <laughs> now, is that the order of the, the their choice that, or, No, it's, or, just, it's
1: just it's just just a
2: list of how, bad of badasses. How do you not save Chuck Norris till the end? They were considering Chuck Norris for this? Yeah. As By a the way, uh,
0: Michael as J. A, Fox. As a ranger? <laughs> yes.
2: Michael J. Fox. Yeah, that would have been an interesting
0: I don't think I would have ever stopped laughing if Michael J. Fox was in this movie. Marty No Fly. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Um, so then but then there was an equal list of of because Michael Douglas, when he was he signed on, he wanted to get somebody in that role that was had the had the same kind of level of fame as he did, you know? Well, I I know Julia Roberts, right? Well, he wanted somebody that was like a big star and all the big stars. Said, well, we don't want to do this movie because it looks like it's it's it sucks,
0: <laughs> and we have
2: to be naked the whole film. <laughs> and so Verhoeven worked with Stone and Total Recall, and that's how they that's how he thought of her for this. And actually, um,
1: she uh she is uh the perfect person
2: for this movie. She crossed, she's her. great. She's probably the I, I'd say she's the best part of the about the movie,
1: either her or Johnny Boz. One of the
2: two.
1: <laughs> um,
0: it's an interesting thing with Sharon Stone, too, because, you know, she had that like kind of a little gap there for a number of years. But I don't know. You, if you see her gap the- in the movie. <laughs> well, that is true. Um, but but, uh, but uh, Mosaic, you know, she's fantastic yeah. still. I, I just don't know. Is it just she got older and Hollywood cast her aside? But, you know, she's always been great in my mind. I mean, Casino, um, she was fantastic. Total Recall, as you mentioned, that's a great kind of supporting role. Catwoman. I
2: mean, I think she tried to spin out, spin basic instinct obviously into more roles that were more interesting for her, and and you know she did that to some success. But you're right, she got a little older, but she still works a lot. Like if you look at her IMDb page, like she works. I think she was in Soderbergh. You said Mosaic, but she's also in Laundromat that he just did, right?
0: So Yeah, that's right. I forgot. And that you know yeah. it was interesting. That was kind of a, what I, I hoped a little more from that after High Flying Bird. But I felt the Laundromat was actually, if you saw it, it felt more like what should have been a miniseries with like six or eight different episodes telling mm-hmm. these different stories. So I enjoyed it. But it just felt like, like you know, kind of light. But anyway, um, she was good in that, too. But the Mosaic, I mean, she was phenomenal. Yeah, that's what. Um, I feel sexy the
2: tell. I got mad because uh, someone's because that was the, the show that's also an app, right? And so people said the app version of it, it's amazing, and I, they retired it. So I just haven't watched the show. That I think it's available on HBO or something. I
0: would uh, see. So I watched the show because I kind of played with the app, and honestly, I didn't necessarily want to have to do a choose your own adventure. The way I understood it is, it all sort of ended in the same direction, yeah. right? Like it wasn't like Bandersnatch where the endings change. So. I just watched it as an HBO program and thought it was really, really good. Apparently, he, you know, obviously post COVID nineteen, we'll see. But they were going to do another show like that using that same app technology with HBO. Mm-hmm. But honestly, don't know where that's at today. But uh, also, one I'm of my favorite,
1: uh, one of my favorite internet browsers,
2: Mosaic.
0: Mm. One of the best. That's why it lasted <laughs> as long as it did.
2: Bandersnatch is super good, and Doctor Strange. Are you excited about the new one or? what are they doing another one? Oh god <laughs> um yeah, sam Raimi. yeah sam Raimi's doing that um so nick what about the why don't you guys talk about the plot a little bit we got the cast down all right so is there is there much of a plot the plot there is but the script seems to be very strange to me when i was watching this the script is um,
1: ridiculous and it, it's not uh, a good it, script Let's just and it got it so way. much credit for being the most expensive sale of all time yeah. i think it still holds that record
2: Three million dollars no. i don't know
0: i think no uh think... because uh um long uh, long kiss goodnight came after that oh, that's right a chain black got oh, it at four million yep
2: uh what what do you think joe Asterhaus wrote this notorious screenwriter do you would you compare him to shakespeare or what, how would you like on what level they both I mean, walked
0: after... on
1: two feet yeah
0: <laughs> i was gonna say but i was gonna say guys after the alan smithy film i think he may have eclipsed uh, Shakespeare. I mean, he really <laughs> leveled up after that one. I mean, that's just one of a kind right there.
2: Joe Esterhaus, man. He was... So he he also wrote uh, Verhoeven's Showgirls, right? Isn't that an, also an Esterhaus movie? It I thought is, he did. Is, did yeah. he do Sliver, too? Did he write Sliver? I think he did. I don't know. I don't know Esterhaus that well. I just remember he was always kind of uh, tied to schlocky stuff, right? He did so Fist
0: it, was one of his first ones, you know. Um... Yeah, but uh, it's such a
2: sexy, such a sexy movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm just trying to remember. Flashdance was another one of his show. Did he do Flashdance? He did. Yeah, uh, his 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 hallmark is basically sleaze and filth, basically, I think is what you can kind of narrow him down to. And if you see Um, him,
2: I mean, that's what that's how he reads. I mean, my man is looking fucking amazing. You You know, know, he he looks like like a he looks like a sexual dynamo.
0: <laughs> I mean, oh,
2: yeah, yeah. he looks like if he turned in that. I mean, I don't know. Like no, he looks like
0: he looks like a poor man's Bruce Belanche. Let's just put it out
2: there. <laughs> that's a, that is amazing, actually, because that's true. Um, I think Ver, I think House always tried to like pass himself off as like this rebel writer too. Like he was kind of like a kind of too cool for school, right? And like Michael Douglas's character in this is sort of like that. I think. Whereas, like you don't understand the attraction anyone has to him and why he has a job, he's like a there's no asshole. reason. Yeah. Well, there's no reason he should be a cop. Like he has made so many mistakes and continues to make mistakes, and he still uh, is working as a cop even whenever he finally gets
0: uh, uh, put on probation. Who among us, though, has not gotten high on cocaine and shot a couple of tourists? I mean, come on, give the guy a break. <laughs> That's his background. He, he's
2: a he's a. He's a cop that is uh, being um, investigated by IA about this shooting. He, he, they. What, what do they say? They, they finally decide this shooting where two tourists are killed was accidental. And then Michael Douglas spends the movie being annoyed that he's his his uh, credibility is call, <laughs> called into question, and he brags That's about funny. beating the lie detector too.
0: <laughs> you know what I love too. That's right. That- yeah. Everybody calls him Shooter in it, and he gets mad. I'm like, that, "What a fantastic nickname, right? Like, who wouldn't want to be called Shooter?" I mean, that is come such, on.
2: That's such a good that's yeah. such a good uh, call out because that is a cool nickname. And who wouldn't um, want to shoot a tourist?
0: <laughs> there's a scene What's in the movie that? where they literally go, "There's too many tourists in this fucking town, anyway." Like, they're like yeah. <laughs> that's how and much set, the cops are not worried about this shooting. They're like, "Yeah, and it's set it, anyway.
2: it's set in San Francisco, so that's a zoom." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, and and the movie, the thing is, if you're not Michael Douglas and you're not Sharon Stone in this movie, your life's in jeopardy. Like a lot of people die around them and then they'll talk about people in the past. Every time they bring up someone that is in their past, they're dead <laughs> to the point where it's like Sharon Stone's parents are dead. Her college roommate died of leukemia. Uh, and then my my favorite is Michael Douglas, his wife left him and then killed him killed herself you know like
0: <laughs> everybody's
2: like everybody's dead like i'm surprised at the end of the movie like the whole police department doesn't blow up or something but
1: it makes you so- wonder if michael douglas has dirty linen on everybody in hollywood because somehow he keeps getting cast in these sleazy roles as this cocky guy who fucking sucks
2: at everything he does. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's such a strange. I don't. I wouldn't say he's bad in this or anything, but it is definitely a strange. I think performance. And what do you think, Nick? You like Michael Douglas, right? You. I, I do. I do. You I love. love him, him. But I love him in the same way that I love my lizards. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean I would say that he is definitely not great in this movie. He has some moments, but that scene where they're in the bar and that other cop that he's got, you know, beef with cuz the cop knows he killed those tourists <sighs> on cocaine or whatever and he goes from like zero to screaming, it's just really really bad. Um, I, I think
2: that I think that I, I mean with him the reason I th- if you try to picture other people in this role, it's hard to. I think that Michael Douglas is it's like he his character he's such a he's such a piece of shit, but like he's there's some charisma weird you know about him that comes with the whole Michael Douglas deal that you just kind of accept it. I can't yeah. imagine like Harrison Ford in this or, or what'd you say? Michael my, J. Fox, uh, Chuck Norris, <laughs> well Chuck Norris Chuck Norris could have pulled it off. Yeah, but, um, Reginald Bell still. Johnson. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like you know his character is is awful his, his, the, 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 as a human being. But then, when Michael Douglas appears on the screen, you always think he's like an awful human being. So. The thing,
1: I, the thing I got from it's this viewing—this like viewing, viewing though—he is the thing I love about this, especially later on in the film. He is a wannabe. When he walks okay. into that nightclub with that sweater on later in the film, <laughs>
0: well, that's the thing—he
1: <laughs> is so trying so hard, and he is the least cool person in that building, including like the bus boys. And he's just—he's a wannabe, and it's so he funny loves- if you watch the movie through that lens where he's just a poser.
2: He looks about so, 70. I don't think you, the movie, yeah, I don't think the movie's trying to short change him in that department, but that movie that his outfit in that scene really That's that's that, a mistake.
0: That swoop, that swooping V-neck didn't do it for you, Nick.
1: You know, no, you know who got jealous as shit watching this movie was William L. Peterson. It's like, <laughs> so let
0: say d- real quick i um, sorry nick but uh justin you touched on this earlier like he's not even really a good cop like the first scene when he's interrogating sharon stone he basically tells her the murder weapon within the first five seconds of meeting and it's like you know usually you withhold that information <laughs> so you know you can suss that out from the suspect yeah. like i mean it's just really bad cop that that whole scene was just hysterical to me where his partner is like what are you a pro? And she's like an amateur at fucking. <laughs> it's like what? The <laughs>
2: fuck <are you> <laughs> well, no, it's just it, it's just like his character. Yeah, you're, there's no reason that he should be a cop. And then when he starts to actually investigate, uh, the you know Sharon Stone, then he ends up ha- having sex with her. Like he he is like a he's never makes a good <laughs> he never does anything that's real. He doesn't solve the crime.
0: He's a real piece of shit. Let's just put it that way.
2: Well, he doesn't, and he doesn't solve the crime. That's another thing. Is like usually in these stories like this, he he'll. He comes up to a moment of real- realization. He's just confused the whole movie, you know. You know, confusing outside. to
0: me, and I may be jumping ahead a little bit. But who was the mm-hmm. old woman that was with Sharon Stone? Did I miss something? She was Can a murderer, they,
2: like, like that. They was
1: like a mentor character to her. She okay. killed her. She killed people in the past, and and
0: so I got that part. But were they fucking? Because they there was that one scene like where you know sharon stone you know breaks up with michael douglas and they like walk upstairs together it's like are they gonna go bang what's no, going on I,
2: here? I, I took that relationship as like she that's someone in her past that actually murdered her whole family remember like she yeah, killed, yeah like, I got her husband thought. and her children yeah, 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 so yeah. then um but that was just it was just someone in her she has all these people in her life that had that were also like killers so that was just one mm-hmm. person that was a killer i don't i never gonna it just sounded it felt like she that woman was just around
0: there was an armor-rounder like, vibe, nuts. and they went up the steps together. It just kind of implied that I want, I want to, I want
1: to, I want to dream that they did go upstairs and make it happen.
0: I think uh, there was some scissoring going on for sure. So, what did you,
2: what did you guys think of the start of this film? This is kind of uh, the infamous start of this film, where this guy gets ice picked to death.
0: That's, not the, that's the not the part is- that I love. The first thing I thought of, if I had to be honest, was this is now so we did uh, Beowulf a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So now two in a row where there's a lot of eye trauma involved, because that guy catches a nice pick directly in the eye, which was beautiful.
2: He gets, he gets stabbed in – I didn't notice – I noticed he gets stabbed in the face, which was, I, I never caught before. That's pretty rough, though. You're right. It, I think it, Showtime
0: it was, is running the unrated version, I'm thinking, because oh, reading okay. about the movie, um, apparently the rape scene we've referenced a few times was actually not in the – well, it was edited in the theatrical version to where it wasn't quite so rough, and I know we'll get we, to that later. We, we, I don't even know what
1: scene you're talking about, to be honest. It's the uh, scene with him and Triple Horn that he's talking about. Like Triple
0: Horn. Scene. Yeah. I mean, it starts off as kind of like rough sex, but she literally says no two or three times as he's bending her over this couch and like goes to town. And then later on, when they're laying there, she looks traumatized and then basically like, you're an asshole. Get the fuck out of here.
1: But I mean, the very, yeah. but she's the, she's the killer.
0: Well, and what's interesting is reading up on it. Joe Estherhouse did not. eat. Well, so she deserved to be raped. I see where your head's at. Okay, no, um, no,
2: saying <laughs> is she had some foibles. She she probably. She's not she, the killer, though, right? I mean, that's the question. But she's kind of uh, not the killer. I
0: think she's, she's a, a killer, killer. She's because a killer. in
2: the because I read up on the sequel, and in the sequel, Michael Douglas is ice picked to death. And then she's in uh, London. She beat the rap for that for somehow that's, that's the sequel. So I guess the, the definitive basic instinct world is that she's the killer. I, I never the definitive... saw this. Did you guys
0: ever see the sequel?
2: I did. Uh... And I don't consider it canon. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I was going to say it... the, the, the definitive piece of that was that maybe some movies should best be left without a sequel.
2: Do you, uh, do you consider it Caton? Jones? Michael
0: Caton Jones, my friend.
2: So let's talk
1: about the uh, in- impressive cum stains of Johnny Boz. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, they uh, they do a thing at that. So he gets ice picked to death at the beginning by a blonde woman that you don't see her face. So that the movie is, you don't know if that was uh, Sharon Stone's character, Catherine Trammell. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And so this guy's killed. The police come in and they're making cracking jokes. Old Johnny Boz uh, tied to the bed naked, stabbed to death. Um, and then one of the cops says that uh, he ejaculated before he died. And then Michael Douglas puts on these amazing, huge, gl- amazing glasses, way, huge glasses. Down,
0: what the guy says is there are cum stains all over the sheets. <laughs> and I mean, when we say all over, motherfucker wasn't lying. No, Michael no. Douglas
2: chooses not to take his word for it. And he straps on the sperm looking glasses and he uh, and he checks him out the blue light glasses, right? And he checks out the uh, the bed. And he's and the guy's right. It's no. everywhere. Famous Hollywood
1: yeah. story is that uh, the, the producers read that when they reached that page, they signed the three million dollar check. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There was an uncomfortable amount of cum talk in this movie because there was even that scene later on where Douglas is meeting with the psychiatrist Janine Triplehorn and talking about cum and jerking off all the time or talking, whatever, <laughs> ever since she <laughs> broke up with him.
2: You're talking about Beth.
1: you're talking about Beth. Beth yeah. he's, he's talking about he's getting calluses from all the smashing he's
2: doing. Yeah, he's uh yeah,
0: nothing turns a woman on like, hey baby, you know, I've just been jerking off so much ever since we broke up. Let's let's get it going again. <laughs>
2: Well, he was trying to. Yeah, he was he is trying to be uh, he's annoyed that he has to talk to to her uh, about his uh, psychological problems, possibly about the about killing tourists.
0: And by the way, and, you know, maybe this is once again jumping ahead. But when he's meeting later on with another group of psychiatrists, he talks about his childhood. Are you ready for this? This is his list. Number one, I jerked off a lot. Number two, um, I saw my parents fucking. Number three. Uh, I don't look in the toilet before flushing. I love that. Uh, number four, um, don't wet the bed and number five, fuck you. I was like, that's a pretty good psychiatric evaluation right there. He let it laid it out on the table.
2: He's playing hardball. He doesn't want to answer their questions. He's Michael Douglas. He's I'm sorry, Nick Curran. Yeah. His name Nick Curran. Yeah and he's a he's a rebel cop man he's got an attitude you cannot ask him straight qu- you know, questions cuz he's not going to give you a straight answers the
1: director's cut has 40 minutes of him having a plunge clogged toilets <laughs>
2: <laughs> um by the way so the cops are walking through that house and you know Nick and I did Jade which is another kind of you know,
0: '90s erotic which, thriller, which Esther House wrote, but was rewritten to where his name was taken off of it. By the way, I did I did find that out reading about this movie.
2: So he has a thing for uh, people, like rich people have a lot of like uh, strange um, art on their walls.
0: Hmm. And
2: uh, I noticed on this guy Johnny Boz, this ex rocker, right, that Sharon Stone was, or that Catherine Tremel was involved with. He's got this gigantic wooden scorpion on his wall. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, I mean, that's just like, that's just, that's, that's a chain of the of events, right? You, you uh buy a wooden scorpion, mount it on your wall and you get ice picked to death. That makes sense to me.
1: Can I, uh can I, can I uh, confess? Mm-hmm. um I went back and watched that beginning scene later and after watching the movie mm-hmm. to compare breasts. And I think that was Gene Triplehorn in that scene at the beginning with, a- with Johnny Boz
2: a weird thing to do it is
1: a weird thing to do but uh we're completists here at the movie microscope and, you, uh, I, and I think uh, that what that does is that makes her the definitive killer
0: i think that i think watching the movie 100 she was the definitive killer but sharon stone was flirting it's like flirting with des- like a little too close to it now all of a sudden she's starting to kind of like get seduced into that world um i, I, I agree with you nick can
2: we at least agree that there's no there's no definitive killer because there's the script doesn't make any sense so like there's no there's no it, it's trying to basically say that maybe Janine Triplehorn did it or maybe Sharon Stone did it uh, because there's an ice pick at the end under the bed right so like but if, but but see I uh, there's a part where okay
1: so what Catherine Tremell no says definitive one. Well, no yeah. she says that Jean Triplehorn in college ripped her off and then Jean Triplehorn says that in college. Sharon Stone ripped her off. So well, if they're you,
2: both the, the either was obsessed with the other one. Yeah.
1: So if you want to say maybe that Catherine Trammell at the end was ripping her off, maybe that that was kind of the end game for that whole that whole subplot.
0: Yeah, it was but like I do think they're yeah. both they're both shitty. It was a one up relationship. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Nick. I think Justin couldn't be more wrong.
2: <laughs> How can I not? What are you talking about? How can I be? No,
0: well, I will say this: I, th- I think not, the ice I don't think think under th- the bed was probably the studio going. Yo, if this goes well, we might want a sequel. So just you know, leave a red herring or something, so we can go to that if we need to. That's that I
2: wonder, thing. Verho- wonder. Has Verhoeven ever answered the question? No. Uh,
0: has he ever know. answered a question? <laughs> has anybody asked him a question in the past ten years?
1: Uh, all I know is uh, it did get a sequel. And they did not mess around with who they cast in that sequel.
0: David Morrissey,
2: baby. They, they got the, to get
0: Michael J. Fox the Dream casting.
2: They got the best. <laughs> Justin, who'd they hire? David Morrissey, my friend. But you know who else was in it? Who? David David the Lewis. They the cast is stacked. They have a lot of good people in Basic Instinct too. But you know that Sharon Stone wanted to make that movie forever, and she ended eventually sued the producers and stuff because they they kept getting not made, and so when i think when they finally made it she was right it was too late you know
1: well we'll find out on episode 140 when we do it michael douglas
2: said (laughs) michael douglas refused to come back because he said he was too old let me zoom in he's too old for this movie (laughs) so nick you mentioned that he had gotten plastic surgery to appear uh at least what somewhat younger I guess on screen? Because he was forty seven when he made this and you know Sharon Stone was like an early early thirties. So he didn't want to be blown off the screen by youth in this. I'll tell you what, he's he's forty seven. He's forty seven in this. With that age. He's our our age. Huh? Oh man. He's our age. But here's It was like a
0: million bucks compared to you two, so you know, just throwing that out there. Oh, for God's sakes, it looks amazing (laughs) compared to
2: especially compared to me. But but I will say this is that (laughs) what was what was so troubling about him getting plastic surgery and and so sad about this whole thing is he got plastic surgery to appear younger, then Sharon Stone didn't tell him she got plastic surgery to appear older.
0: Mm.
2: (laughs) Like the gift of the magi a little bit happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's so Uh... bad. That was the original that, title for this script, I think. <sighs> <Vajay>? um, <laughs> it's awful. So Catherine Trammell, by the way, her character appears in Last Action Hero. She has a little walk on cameo in that. I did not remember or that. Sharon Stone really? Yeah, yeah, I
0: haven't watched that in so long. I, I wouldn't have remembered that. That's amazing. Did you
1: did you guys read about Verhoven's goal with this movie? One of the things he wanted he wanted to break the erect penis barrier with this movie. He did.
2: But Michael Douglas referred, uh, uh, refused to appear full frontal. Yeah, this Goodness. was this
1: was Merkin centric this whole film. But yeah. th- I, that's a weird goal, though, is to have the first direct penis in Hollywood. That's a weird that's a weird goal for a filmmaker.
0: Yeah, I guess Casper Noe got that one on, on his on his. Uh, I don't watch. think he
1: has. I don't think there's been one yet.
0: Uh, well, it certainly wasn't a theatrical release. But there's one of his most recent ones on Netflix, and I just turned it on because I kind of like the uh, Enter the Void, even though it was insane. And it's literally just a guy and a woman masturbating each other for like five minutes. So I was like, all right, I'll just maybe turn this off and watch something else, you know, mm-hmm. instead. <laughs> and, what are you talking about, Enter the Void? <laughs> no, it was the it, movie he did afterwards. I can't even remember the name. Of
2: no, that's Trier. That's
0: Trier. I'm telling you, whatever the name of it is, it just literally, I'm not kidding when I say it's five to seven minutes of just two people quite literally jerking each other off. I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll, you know, catch up with this some other time when my wife's not standing over my shoulder.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, you need quality time. But I don't think that was probably <laughs> rated R.
0: I, I don't it, think it was theatrical release, for sure, that's for sure.
1: I just like the fact that his goal wasn't to make a great movie.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, he probably, know, he, probably uh,
2: read Verhoeven. he probably read the script. I mean, what can you do? You know, like he. I think he made a, as good a movie out of this as he could have.
1: Actually, so
0: I'll go, they, erotic
1: yeah. thrillers are good. Like, that's a great little genre there's plenty of great examples of that where they kind have of some I, have some I mean cool. I love sea of love that's a yeah. really good movie um, I mean even even stuff like what Devon a blue dress is sort of an erotic thriller I mean crying game is an erotic thriller there's a lot of stuff that kind of fits that description but it's it's a matter of where the emphasis e- Esther house doesn't have the chops to, to to deliver that but I could see how this film I mean there's a reason this film was a hit I mean people obviously responded to the sensationalism of it and the fact that it you know it's 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 an action film it's it has chases and shit like that i mean it's it fits the bill it's just it's so funny to watch it in 2020 with what we have now i mean i was recently rewatching. i was watching the last the most recent um fallen film the one with gerard butler angel is fallen and john wick it's totally you can see john wick's influence over that film and then you Mm -hmm. compare it to the, the first and second film you see the evolution of the style this media moves so fast that something like this is an archaic film at this point it's just so hard to watch something like this now and get anything out of it because of how quick how action films have evolved so so much in the last two decades
0: well, so for me, I, I viewed it more as like a sort of like a neo-noir versus an action film. I, I actually thought the two car chase sequences were, were awesome, you know, really well filmed. Um, you know, obviously they were practical, um, no CGI, of course, and um you know, it was interesting because I had to look up who the cinematographer were was because I thought it was beautifully <laughs> filmed. Point. And I go, it's motherfucking Jan de Bont. And I'm like, this asshole should have just never stopped being a cinematographer, you know, the second he started. By the way, I, a guy I met recently uh, in his early 20s um, uh, worked on Twister and basically said Jan de Bont may be one of the biggest assholes on fucking planet Earth. I know you have a little bit of a uh, – no, we, a- yeah, we have yeah. history. Yeah, yeah. But it said it, apparently it was so bad that like, um, the I mean, it was really bad apparently. But anyway, I mean, it's beautifully filmed. I, I enjoy the noir aspects of it. Like I mentioned earlier on, I think that first hour I was struggling with it. But even though the the, 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 the con- conclusion is clunky, um, I thought it kind of got a rhythm and got a momentum. going I can kind of see why people liked it and why it did well. You know, I mean, it, yeah, it, I think.
2: For the first I think what saves it for me that first hour is Stone is 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 really good in it. Like she's right. I don't know, like she's she's a strange presence in film I think sometimes and and she's got a certain like a kind of a almost above it all like presence in this or like her yeah. uh, attitude. Like that's her definitely her character, right? Is like that anyway. So Yeah.
0: I think for me, uh, the, the first hour where I struggled was how bad of a cop Michael Douglas was. I was oh, trying to figure insane. out, like, who who do who am I supposed to like root for here? <laughs> you know, um, and and kind of end up
2: you kind of end up rooting for 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 Catherine Tramell, I think, in a way because I, I, I just yeah. don't think Douglas is uh, either he, either her or Gus, like yeah. his partner. <laughs> I don't know. Those Gus are, like, is a two... lunatic
0: in the best possible way. I mean, yeah. That scene where the, they're in the diner and he's all drunk yelling about fucking.
1: No, I was. <laughs> I have a note. I have a note on here that says, "Did did George Zunza win a drunk Oscar?" Uh,
0: okay, so there's there's
2: a scene in this when Michael Douglas is drunk too, and it's terrible. But I think he, he does not. It's not good drunk acting. But George, how do you say his last name? Zunza. Junza?
1: Zunza. The D is silent, as is his his IMDb portfolio recently.
2: <laughs> he he uh, his drunk acting is is is. It's amazing, actually. Uh, so, two things maybe, maybe he got out. real drunk for it. And he
1: maybe enjoys he the delicious vulgarity of his lines, too, which
2: is nice. Yeah, he does. Well, he, but he, what's, what's his catchphrase in this or his catchword? Hoss. But, John, this what were you saying? Hoss.
0: I was just saying the two things that really jumped out to me about this movie, because you touched on it earlier just with the evolution of film, but even just society, right? Like straight up rape by the main character, which, <clears throat> you know, kind of just went without commentary. And then after that diner scene, They're like, hey, don't drive. And he's like, yeah, fuck you. And then he's like giggling as his partner drives off just drunk as hell. Um, Those are just things you don't see in movies these days. He he does try to stop them. That is true. I guess an element of credit for that. But then it's like, oh, boys will be boys. Just go ahead. The most unrealistic part
1: is they let Douglas walk on his bar tab.
0: Mm. He threw some cash on the table as he was leaving.
1: Oh, he did? Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't zoom in.
2: Um, so, Catherine do- yeah, Trammell, by the way, what do you guys think of this? She's introduced a uh, beachfront house like this because this, she's she's super rich. She's like worth a hundred million dollars. She's a writer um, in her spare time, but she has made all her money from inheritance, right? And she's introduced now, John. I want to get your feelings on this okay. in a knitted in a knitted wrap. What yeah. do you think of the? What do you think of uh, her, her character's introduction?
0: I'm for it. She's wearing. Yeah, I like it. Nice
2: um, she's wearing some nice, like, comfortable beach wear, you know? You know what? Her look is not
1: dated in this film. She looks... She could be... This could be a modern film as far as her look is concerned. Mm-hmm. Douglas, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they well, get of... Rid- but they... by the way, you you make fun, but, like, the plunging bemex v- are way back in style right now, Nick. I mean, I wouldn't wear one because I'm a self-respecting human being, but there's a lot of folks <laughs> out there doing that kind of but... stuff. Yeah,
2: at one point that... you. Know, she, I think Sharon Stone is like, you know, at the club, he's wearing that V-neck and and they they're making out and she like she gets uh into it and she <laughs> goes to rip his collar. She goes to like pull his collar, but it's like it's already a V-neck. You can't do much with Well, the funny you know thing is like,
1: Michael Douglas if it were if it were today, he'd be wearing those jeans with the little like with the little bobbles on them the, that uh, that older men wear now. Those jeans with like little studs on them and he'd have an, affli- an affliction shirt. Yeah, yeah, I even, at, yeah Ed Hardy about, shirt. Yeah.
0: Hey, don't forget that affliction shirt. He definitely would have one of those going. Yeah.
1: So did you notice... Okay, so they have this scene early on where they're trying to figure things out and and they have all these people in a room discussing the murder, and right when they talk about who the killer is and, and they actually nail it, they cut immediately to Gene Triplehorn and her reaction.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely cast some suspicion at her early on. There's even a scene later when she's arguing with Douglas or she's Flirting with him, and then she gets in her car and she changes her look to like, you know, I'm I'm pissed or I'm angry about all this. She so, yeah, they,
1: she has the worst line in the film.
2: What she's you? a genius? She's evil. She's a genius. That she's, line.
1: She's evil. She's brilliant.
2: Oh, she's brilliant. That is yeah.
1: the worst line and the worst line delivery
2: in the film. She screams it. Yeah, because she's in love with somehow somehow in love with Michael Douglas's character. Somehow obsessed with him. I don't. Maybe you're right. She is the maybe that's she is the killer.
1: No, oh, she, she totally is the killer.
2: Nuts. Obviously nuts.
1: Um, so you guys buy? You guys like Junza? You like his role as a comic relief in this film?
0: I mean, I don't know. I went back I and mean, forth. What did you think early? I was going to say early on during that interrogation scene he was like, "What are you a pro?" I was like, "Bad," but as the movie progressed, I was for him. I'm, I was a fan. You know, I was not happy when I saw him take the loss in the elevator. Oh, he didn't make it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I knew I kind of liked his character because I didn't want him to die like that. At least, you he's know?
1: he's one of those great character actors that has been good in a lot of things for a long time, like Crimson Tide and shit like that. But I on this watch, I just felt like, man, they this is they have put a lot of weight on his shoulders and he does not have the musculature to carry it.
2: Mm-hmm. The the reason I think that his character is in this though is because they. He, you know, he's rooting for Michael Douglas. Like his character is like trying to like, let you know that this guy's worth saving sort of, you know, and uh, like, he's like, he's worth rooting for somehow because nobody else, nobody else in the film likes him. I mean, I don't even think Catherine Tr- uh, Trammell really likes him, There's a know? scene, so, the, the scene that kind of was interesting
1: for me, there's a scene later on where um, all the cops are together and, and, and Douglas is going to go get laid. And is like, let's go get some drinks. So he immediately just, he, he, he knows, he writes him off immediately and knows that he's going to go off and be a douche. And it just hangs out with the other cops, which tells me that's actually one of my favorite scenes because like, he knows this guy's shit. I'm going to go just do my thing. He won't be around. And, and, and it kind of told me that I, I bet you his character, he means well, but I think it's superficial. I don't get that bond that I thought when I first used to watch the film. I felt like he, he kind of had him pegged pretty early on.
2: You think all the hosses are sarc- sarcastic?
1: Yeah, he calls him that every time, and and, and and it's 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 forced, and it just feels like that's what he's written, Douglas. You know, you have those friends in your life that they're 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 friends, and they have that one kind of niche they fill in your life. That's kind of like what I got from him.
0: Yeah, I or mean, their, it's, it's partners, an interesting right? thing right. because I was. I, it, for some reason it came to mind i don't even know if y'all finished watching the series vinyl but like there was so much that i wanted to love about that show It was like a period of history that i was excited about martin scorsese's involved but fucking bobby cannavale's character was just every time he had an opportunity to do something sort of nice or good or whatever he always did something and it was like the same thing with douglas you know it was just he would have these opportunities not to be a complete cunt and he would still figure out a way how to do it. It It's sort of shocking in a way, like how unlikable Michael Douglas was in this movie.
1: Yeah, he is. I'll tell you what though, that, that, okay. That famous scene, the scene with the uncrossed legs. Yes. That is a great room of actors. That is a really interesting, diverse group of actors in that room.
0: And And I would also say a really well-directed, like, sequence. Like, I mean, take out the the shot. I mean, you know, this famous shot, like, it it just had, it had attention to it. It was very old. It almost had a Hitchcockian sort of thing. I mean, just very well-directed.
1: And you were talking about this sort of an intangible Sharon Stone. One of the things that I think that she has, her innocence is actually really believable. When she does her innocuous sort of. Uh, shy, kind of innocent things. It really gives you a lot of mileage, and she does that a few times here. She does it in almost every movie. You buy it, even though she's playing like this character that's seedy and 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 experimental and 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 really aggressive. She could turn on a dime, and she's really convincing. And that scene in particular, where she's got the attitude, but there's also this innocence underneath it. But the idea that like Wayne Knight is in that room with these people makes me so happy because that guy's <laughs> built. That guy's built for sex. And yeah. to see him in that in that environment is just something else. He's yeah. he's
2: great. He's actually great in that scene, though. I mean, his reactions are amazing. You know, and like, didn't,
0: Will, didn't William Goldman put something in his screenwriting book about a vagina showing up in the first act, and you know that meaning something? Right? <laughs> what, what is wait? What is
2: who is the guy that plays this? this his Douglas's boss. Next,
1: I forgot his name. Uh, he's one of those guys that for a period of time he was ubiquitous. Though
2: he is great in this, I think, because he is. Every time he's on the screen, he's, like, had it with everything. <laughs> like, he's so annoyed about everything, especially Douglas. He he only has, like, a handful of scenes in this, but I think he's pretty great every time he's in it. Chelsea Ross, who all, we we just talked about on another show, also always great. He just kind of – he doesn't really get to do much in this. Like Dennis, kind of Dennis
1: Arndt is his name, and, and I think he's played a cop in every film, including a dolphin tail. But he <laughs> – yeah, that guy was – there was a period of he's time where, Yeah, he really is. That's the thing, that, and that's something I sort of missed. I guess TV has sort of taken the mantle with that because there a lot of these guys show up in that. But the whole character actor field, that to me is some of the hardest work in the business, and there's guys that just excel at it. And he's definitely one of them. Chelsea Ross is one of them. Uh, Daniel Van Bargen was one of them. This film, like they, the, the one of the smart things was whoever cast it, Howard Fuhrer I think casted it, did a wonderful job of giving – the sensationalism and the cheesiness, this backdrop of, of weight
2: that actually well, feels yeah. real. I agree. And I think that's the casting is key because like, you know, you talked about Michael Douglas's character kind of is this like wannabe character. The screenplay feels like that too. Like there's these lines that are so clunky, like, like the, you know, she says, uh, stone says like, she's always saying like, um, Oh, we used to fuck like things like that. It's just like some, it just feels so like, I
1: like when people give me pleasure.
2: Yeah, it just I mean it's just ridiculous, but like she's she can sell it pretty well, and I think the I'm, actors do a lot with you know putting some of these corny lines across. How that about otherwise? The, it'd be terrible. How about, you know? how about
0: during the interrogation? Ever fuck on cocaine? I mean, I know. what a wonderful line! <laughs> I, don't I, mean, know why. I mean, but she's just saying me. that kind I of fell out.
2: She's just saying that kind of stuff because she she's just trying to you know get to. Michael Douglas the whole movie and she does like it yeah, she she completely undoes him. In
1: yeah. the director's cut he goes, "Yeah, I have, but it got in my butt." <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you know, do you know who might be the actual hero of this film is uh Daniel von Bargen's character. He hates Michael Douglas from the get. Like hates him, makes fun of him, and then he's as he as as he di- he dies, he gets killed, but you find out behind the scenes everywhere Michael Douglas goes uh this character's been there first, doing the same kind of you know legwork that he's now doing. So, in a way, I think that might be the, the I don't know. I, I love it. and, and he has character. and he
1: delivers drinks to his table. He's a sweetheart.
0: <laughs> how about how about when he, he brings a fucking Pizza Hut over to Michael Douglas's <laughs> house? Oh, that's Gus, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: oh, Gus sorry, walking that up Gus, the stairs.
0: Part, yeah, <laughs> Gus walking up the stairs with Pizza Hut. <laughs> Yeah. It's Like, hey, I know you got suspended. I brought you a nice Pizza Hut to fucking, uh, you know, make you feel better.
1: I want you to have some diarrhea tomorrow.
2: You know, and Douglas, I wish they would have had a scene when they just of them talking, them just chowing down on uh, Pizza Hut. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they cut the scenes out. They cut that scene out where they're eating Pizza Hut for five minutes. How
0: much do you think Pizza Hut had to play, pay for that product placement?
2: <laughs> they wanted their money back. <laughs> There's some weird pop culture things that pop. So this the Pizza Hut thing is was weird to me to see that in that world. And then Janine Triplehorn's character has a Bart Simpson keychain that keeps popping up. <laughs> like she, why? You know, that. like it's like it's like this erotic film. And then she had this character that's like kind of the second, uh, you know, love interest. Uh, she's busting out this Bart Simpson. And even her death scene. Michael Douglas pulls out her keys at the Bart Simpson. It's yep. like it like undercuts her death scene. And Roxy oh, yeah. is always
1: playing, pl- always playing Sonic CD in the background. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, talk about talk about Roxy. We haven't mentioned her yet. So, so my
0: favorite part with Roxy, sorry Nick, but my favorite but, part with Roxy is you know Rocky she you know watches them fuck. Apparently, you don't know that. And then he goes in the bathroom, and instead of being shocked or disturbed that there was somebody there, he goes, "Hey, man to man." Is that the fuck of the century or what?
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. That, no, that's the fuck that's, of
1: the century the thing that he,
2: bothers the hell out of me. I know. It can't that's the line he I can't he can't even
0: pull but that. But he off. literally like, goes it's such... man to man. Like, I mean, if we're gonna say Michael Douglas is a piece of shit, that's when he solidified it going up to a just a you know, a nice young lady minding her own business. She's in a weird open relationship, she's lesbian by whatever in the, in the most aggressive
1: man. major city in our country, and they're and they're having this heavy-handed gay subtext.
0: Yeah, and apparently well, there so was then, a lot of uh, protesting, right, Nick? You guys touched on it a little bit earlier, but yeah. I think even while filming, th- people were protesting, and I like, yeah, and Spencer came up
1: and said, Are "You guys a pro?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, yeah, and, and apparently, and Michael Douglas's
2: character was supposed to be bisexual at one point, and he refused to do that. So I don't know, like it, it, it didn't this movie? I think it did get like I know it got protested, but after it came out, wasn't it sort of embraced? I think a well, lot of Camille Paglia, yeah.
0: Yeah, kind of embraced it as a as a basically an empowered female character that was in control of her shit and didn't take shit off of anybody. And so uh, you mentioned commentary, Nick, since you had like eight different editions of this film. I only watched it on Showtime, so I, I haven't heard the commentaries. But what I read was that actually feminists sort of embraced it once it came out. Um, Nick,
2: Nick, are you going to buy this movie again, you think? Or is this the last time? No,
1: I can't wait for a new format to show up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch it this. Late- I'm, gonna watch on it. I'm,
1: I'm sure I did.
2: What's yeah. the weirdest format you've had it on? You I hope I it was right
1: on off. UMD yeah. Media.
2: <laughs> is that the PlayStation handheld? Yeah, yeah. PlayStation Play.
1: <laughs> So, you know what's funny is he's talking about the fuck of the century, yet he Baker Dills the shit out of Gene Triplehorn in this movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he does in that scene that John keeps bringing up Like, so, you know, I mean, like Michael Douglas me, I mean, but
0: I want to be clear, 100% That was a rape, I mean, you can call it Something different, it started out maybe a No, no, wrong, no, you're She's like, no, like, no, 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 and he, I mean I actually had to rewind it, because I, did she say no? Oh, no, she said no, like, three times I think she and, said right, no
1: to the, from, from behind I think that oh, was. Oh,
0: okay, yeah, yeah. Because cool, I mean,
1: she was, she was, she was in to win, and then he got violent, and that was just that was the fact that he got rough was what bothered her. I don't think she she was certainly there to to romp, but I think it was right, just yeah, our, she I, likes
2: his she I likes think, his character, and he's by he's the way frustrated, Nick, I think that's what
0: made it a rape. <laughs> it was the I don't like the rough part and him. Oh still yeah, doing of course, yeah, that, yeah, that's all. I mean. I'm not trying to be no, one, and you know, it, social justice or whatever, but it, it was extreme. You would not see that in a movie again today. That's for sure. Uh, she
1: wanted paper, he gave her plastic. I think that's all it was, really.
0: All right,
2: well, <laughs> you know. So anyway, it's it's a it's a definitely like probably the most troubling scene in this movie. But it is it comes out of that Michael Douglas is frustrated because he's so attracted to Sharon Stone. So yeah, subjectively so frustrated, Dineen
0: triple horn, and you yeah, know, then in he, revenge.
2: Yeah, and, well, yeah, that's so. Then he gets yeah, it, it's that's what that scene is it's it's a very strange scene. the funny thing
1: is she is more tender with him after that like no, the, she kicks, she,
0: him, out
2: she, the, she no, kicks she him out of literally the no she
0: looks him. traumatized and she's just in that scene but, and then she's like get the fuck out of here man. not in that scene but, oh. but in the later
1: scene where where they're, they're together he's sort of the edgy one and she's sort of softer in the, yeah, like
0: lot. Yeah, she, I read that she, that she was him. plotting his murder. Basically, yeah, is how I read it. Because it's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat you sweet, but when you're not looking, it's such, you're gonna it's catch such a, a missed eye opportunity.
2: It's such a missed opportunity that he doesn't die in this. I think it would have been that would have been a great ending. And I mean, almost like it needs to happen because his character is does not need to be on Earth anymore. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> he's, he's useless. By the way, the
1: way he rips her bra off in that movie. It is that scene the way he takes her bra off is the worst it is at that point he he just how awkward it was and how it almost felt like Douglas because I read it on IMDb trivia that scene they, they filmed a rehearsal they filmed a rehearsal that they weren't supposed to be filming
2: the scene with him in triple harm. right that's what they say but it's it seems so weird that I, I is that true I mean well we does, start
1: remember the rehearsals for vamp
2: <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I mean there's so many like rumors that like apparently Sharon Stone didn't know the, about that she was that crotch scene was being filmed I mean, I have there's, a hard there's time been a lot of rew there's a, there's a lot of rewrites
0: of, of what happened on this film it's strange you know? I would I have know. a hard time believing that one I, I the way she said it that she had her panties on and Verhoeven said hey the light's catching the white on your panties take them off but that would imply that she knew that they were filming there Well anyway, here's right? the other like, thing too, I,
1: we we watch her change in an earlier scene, and we uh, we watch her change without panties on. So there's a scene where she dresses. Yeah, you're like, right. And yeah, she's and she's rink, not putting yeah. panties on. Yeah.
2: yeah, so it's yeah. But I wonder if she just didn't like the shot or something. But I don't know. Who knows? Like you know, your your mind can change after you do something. You know, maybe, I think that's
0: probably what happened. I think yeah. that you know, all of a sudden she she her her sort of acting career was defined by that moment, and she probably regretted it. And that's okay. no, I mean I think that's, that's right. and I think
2: if you look at her choices I mean she did sliver right but I think if you look at her choices after this it wasn't like she was trying to like corner Run the market away. on yeah. making basic instinct for the rest of her life I mean she was well, cooking the dead the which the specialist is, I think is was fantastic, the
1: specialist and... wanted to be steamy and it failed miserably cuz they hated each other But the thing her is Stallone, I, you can't yeah. fault her for choosing I mean like it's hard to get jobs in this business for Somebody like that. So I, I get.
2: I mean, it. she was in, and she was good. Like John brought up casino. Like she, she was good in casino. She, she won, won an Oscar. Nuts. Yeah. Did she win an Oscar? She for won it? the Oscar for that. Oh, I don't know. So, but it's just, you know, she's, she obviously did the the capital that she got from this movie. She, she. um.
1: So we're, yeah. So let's. Uh, so basically, so they say it's it's sort of an uh, uh a trendsetter, a, tr- a trendsetter of a movie, right? It, it kind of it's an inspiration what what we didn't realize is that it inspired films in a weird way it's not really that much of a seminal erotic thriller it it, it inspired way more important films it inspired out of the furnace
2: what are you talking about
1: cuz we see a clip of hellraiser in this film
2: oh god yeah you're right you're
1: right <laughs> I think and, and, that- and he almost won me back Nick Curran almost yeah. won me back because he's
2: watching Hellraiser. He's not watching Hellraiser, he's, he's asleep, asleep to it. But he
1: watched the beginning. They, that's in the director's <laughs> cut as well.
2: He watched he watched the Jeffersons, which I thought was relatable, but then he slept through Hail, Hellraiser and he lost me.
1: Well, that was from uh, Have you bought
2: that box set by the way? The Jeffersons and the complete series and they, Hellraiser. Is it the same is it the same channel? We gotta I gotta ask for Hovind. Was this supposed to be the same channel that played? To play uh, the Jeffersons and Hellraiser, uh, Hellraiser. It was the scene. It, at first, it looked like in the mouth of madness to me for one second. And I realized that that comes later. Well, that's so.
1: Sherman Sherman
2: Helsley. <laughs> um, there's a scene in the um uh, the scene the court like in and I guess the police headquarters. By the way where they're walking through a crowd. I'm sure Douglas did something stupid and then everybody's saying, why are you doing this? I can't really remember what, but there's a cowboy in the hallway. Did you guys notice? Did you notice? No. Some guy in like a 10 gallon hat. Is that what you call the clit? or
0: (laughs) Cowboy in the hallway? (laughs) Um,
2: Oh my God. What'd you think of the um, police department had uh, some nice, uh, nice uh, branded mugs? As I change the subject,
0: I'm, I'm still listening. I'm still laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, oh, did
2: God. you know it? Uh, did you notice that the, they had a, the, some uh, San Francisco PD branded coffee mugs? Everybody's drinking out of. I did notice Catherine. that actually. Yeah. Do you guys okay? What did you think of her uh, pen name, Catherine Trammell?
0: What was it again? I missed that.
2: Her pen name, her author, no, no, her, I, her I heard writer. You,
0: I just missed the pen name. What was the pen name?
2: Sorry. Well, it ties in to a word I can't say. Apparently, Catherine Wolf. Oh, oh
0: okay, yeah, yeah. Two yeah. O's,
2: yeah. And uh, do you remember some of the titles of the books? I can't. I don't. I, I don't. Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah, I forgot. You got you got roasted for your uh, your mispronunciation mispron- of Beowulf.
1: I like the I fact it. though that we get to see uh, crime scene photos of slaughtered children. I don't remember that. In, the, in I the didn't movie. either. I didn't either. Yeah. You know
0: what? That's I loved when. It. And I don't know why it it tickled me so much, but when, you know, Rocky, they have the the thing where she tries to run over Michael Douglas, he chases a great little car chasing, she crashes, dies. I don't know why it killed me so much, but the idea that they literally somehow devised the pulley system to get her body out of that, like, hole. And I'm like, that feels like that would have taken, like, a day to set up. (laughs) It's like... He's, I don't know why. it Just fucking killed me. I couldn't stop laughing. They're just ready
2: because they know that when Michael Douglas calls, they got to get some. They got clean some, some body up. pulling device. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the thing is, like this movie happens to Michael Douglas's character. Right, like, everything <laughs> happens to him. Like the, he's not in control of anything. That scene where you're talking about, where um, Sharon Stone's um, uh, kind of lover Roxy tries to run him down with a car. I, I, she does hit him. Yeah, God, she does succeed in hitting
0: I, him. Yeah, that's true. Wish
2: it worked. But uh, <laughs> but he recovers and then he ends up playing chicken with her and she she uh, loses. She punches, dies. Yeah, yeah. I, and then he calls in another dead body. He's like, "Well, someone else around me died." Hey, yeah, so. that character. That's a, like they. She has too much of
1: a of a presence in this film to be treated the way she does, because she, we meet her early on. She's kind of a part of the tapestry throughout. She's never really a suspect. They try a little bit, but they really don't make her that. And then they kill her off. It, it's it, that's she's, that's the weakest written she, character in the story. And that's well, saying she's stuff. related.
2: She's relatable because she's a she. Every she doesn't never, she never likes Douglas. And then um, at the club, he starts dancing with Sharon Stone. That kind of cuts in and does his like you know like I'm just standing there. I'm almost fifty dance and uh, <laughs> and uh, Roxy the the woman. She does like these punches in the air, like oh, she's yep. doing. Like, I mean, like she does that
0: side to side dance, which is like, yeah, oh, like the frustrated fun. dancing,
2: yeah. like these, this, like these frustrated dance moves. Which I'm like, oh, you should pull this off. I guess that's not bad.
0: Sharon Jones or Sharon Stone enjoyed or Captain Tremell, or whatever. She really enjoyed that butt squeeze from Douglas a little bit more than I think most. That women bothered them bothered the me. hell out
2: of me. Bothered yeah, the it it hell out of the. Just club, that one right?
0: little squeeze. It was like she just like you know, <clears> let loose and, he,
2: tor- and and he did it, and he did. You know why he did it, right? To get out of dancing because my man's not, he doesn't no, have any he moves. The so he has moves to, yeah. yeah, he's I not going to okay. start dancing.
0: One thing I didn't expect to see is, you know, uh, Michael Douglas, you know, famously said he got throat cancer because he went down on too many women. And right there in the movie, I mean, I feel like I may have witnessed him getting throat cancer. <laughs>
2: Wait a minute.
0: Let's back up for is a that second. The, is that, that one and only time I've really seen? I mean, because, you know, you talked about the erect penis thing that they actually didn't work out. But like that was pretty extreme. Like you don't normally see. I mean, it, his head was down there. It wasn't like that. No. She's
1: got her hand there to kind of block it out but the worst part is right after that they show a scene from above her on blowing him and the, and and the distance of her head from his body makes it look like he's got peter north john holmes and dirk diggler's penis <laughs> <laughs> that's Do you think, org that's, right that, there
0: that shot is another shot that's like that was pretty i mean no, like you know it goes back to obviously that was whole Rehoven's whole premise like he wanted to take that stuff to the extreme obviously but I would say that was one where I was like you know having watched it for the first time like like this week like that's pretty subversive like they didn't they still don't do that kind of scene I mean you probably wouldn't even seen a scene like that on Game of Thrones I mean that was like pretty extreme um you know. What was what, the extreme? What, well, just just there was a shot where Douglas looks up. She's apparently going down on him. But when he looks up, you see the mirror. And I mean, she's fully naked, bent over him. You can see her butt. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's pornographic. I mean, not that I'm like, I'm just saying you don't normally see I mean uh, a simulated sex scene that looks as sort of like they may ha- I mean you know Nick you pointed it out I mean there was some suspension of disbelief there but it was like still it's like you don't normally see that normally they're like a few f- a foot apart or an inch away where you're like Eh that doesn't seem to add an added Yeah even on like the late, late
1: night HBO stuff it's not that
2: it's not that right. much
0: Right exactly I mean I mean
2: yeah I think this movie tried to certainly put that front and center but I also think in a weird way it's it kind of aged it seems a little bit. I mean, it's obviously not as as, as uh, provocative as it once was. This movie. For sure, but, I, you know, think what, I think what this
0: movie may have proved is that you know there's a place for movies and there's a place for pornography. We don't necessarily have to cross those paths. You know, we can keep those things but separate I, and everybody's fine with I, that.
2: You know, I think these scenes are awkward because Michael Douglas is in them. <laughs> like that's kind of the the, the stranger thing. Then I, I I don't feel like this is you know. I don't know. I don't feel like this. It's that edgy, or, or people aren't willing to, to show sex on. You know, on that's one of the things I love now, about I mean, now I mean,
1: is sex scenes have kind of gone away, and we don't yeah, fucking I was need say, them. Yeah, I,
0: exactly.
2: Some, in some some respects, I mean, well, I mean, like call me you by your
1: name, stuff like that, or movies that are art films, whatever. But in the, in the in the in the in genre stuff, it just doesn't fit. It just doesn't work anymore because, first of all, the way that people porn is so readily accessible, people's. Uh, they're they're they they've seen everything. So when they when when films try to do it in an interesting and unique way, like okay, so this season on Better Call Saul, there was a sex scene that was done in a way where it, it wasn't it didn't stick out. But nowadays, it seems like you, you know so much about it because of how re- readily accessible it is that when they try to pull it off in a in a in an R rated or worse, like a PG or a TV, it just comes off as goofy.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I do wish they would have cut. I do wish they would have cut to the fireplace more, and when they, instead of settling on Michael Douglas's reactions to stuff, um, he he definitely uh, is an awkward kisser in this. What about what about his saggy unsee.
1: ass walking away from the camera in at yeah. least two scenes?
2: Well, he got he got a lot of uh, criticism. I remember his his body kind of got criticized for for the especially the the ass shot in this. Um, maybe is people just didn't want to see it, but. Um, you know, he, he looked like he was I don't know, he worked out a little bit before. This he must have gotten nervous. He was in good shape, but I don't think people are buying tickets for that. Nobody's buying tickets to see that. I think that was a complaint, right? They wanted to see Sharon Stone. They didn't want to see Michael Douglas. And, you know, and and uh he isn't I mean what he shows he sh- he shows ass once. He
1: shows ass twice and Merkin once. But the thing is, you know, like in horror films <laughs> people, they talk about what your what your what your imagination fills in is way more powerful than what could be depicted on screen. I think the same goes with sex scenes. It's like the more that they, they leave to your imagination, the more erotic and the more effective it is. And that's I why would
0: say, yeah.
1: when they show the shit or when they try to make it, when they try to fake it, it just doesn't work.
0: Now I'd say a hundred percent. I mean, even uh, just, you know, on quarantine here, my wife and I, I had watched the wire, but my wife had not. So we've been rewatching it and it's like, now I'm just thinking I might watch it every year just because it's so fucking good. But there's a couple sex scenes in there, and it's like that HBO thing. You know, they it's almost like mandated by HBO. And they just go on for what like 45 it? seconds, and you're like, I had a fucking enough's enough. I get it. Like, okay, I, I need to know the time, I need to know the, tell me episode <laughs> and time code, please. <laughs> must be must Mcnulty getting. Oh, uh, it's always books. Mcnulty. You know, or even there was a couple with the um, uh, it's you know the. Kima, yeah. I mean, it's it's just whatever. It's just too much. It's like I don't need to see it. To your point, get Nick, to I think it's better implied than You get don't.
1: to see Stringer's balls.
0: Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't make it. Let's we'll just put it that it way. Bells. But by the way, Omar coming. coming. <laughs> anybody? Anybody? Um, I've actually been almost shocked and scandalized by how many of my friends apparently have not watched it because I've been recommending it. You know, HBO is actually giving it away for free amongst the few other shows, like by the way, like Succession and uh, The Sopranos and what have you. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, good lord, what a wonderful well, of
2: Wire. The shows that HBO kept producing but nobody was watching. Well, it, The Wire, so. The Wire is lucky in that it's
1: it's made in a way that is 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 never going to age. Because Oz, that, that,
0: Oz was yeah, great
1: yeah. But it has passed Like it's time has passed It doesn't work anymore
0: And I would say the wire is 100% relevant To today's world You know it's that piece of What I love about And we, I know we're talking about basic instinct But the empathy they show for everybody The criminals, the cops You know but the way that the whole thing comes together But the politicians I mean it's very relevant to t- today's world uh, In my mind with Trump and the White House But anyway we don't have to go any further there uh, fair no, dark. but that,
1: so. absolutely. So, anybody who hasn't watched The Wire, who's listening to this, you need to because it is as is evergreen as fuck, and it's a wonderful show, and it's fun to watch other shows now that owe a debt to it. Nobody goes nearly as deep into what The Wire did, but they steal little things from it, and it works. It helps a lot of shows that are even. And it's got.
2: Prime fillet. It's got one of your. It's got one of your all time favorite actors in it. Terry Kinney. Oh, Jim was, True Frost. <laughs>
0: And I would say, Nick, to exactly that point, the way they juggle so many different characters—that you know, every season, just like whole new, like you know, whether it's season two. Which, by the way, when people shit talk season two, they're fucking Great. wrong. Season Great. two is phenomenal. But when they layer in the politics, I mean, it just all the char- there's hundreds of characters by the fourth or fifth season. I would say Game of Thrones absolutely owes so much to that show in terms of well, how they juggle those characters while keeping it all together. That's why that um,
1: hashtag, peak Lombardarzo. That's why that hashtag's so big right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think
2: that, that uh, you know, that show, definitely, the other shows, cherry-picked actors from that show forever. You know, like, well, they, I mean, they Car- certainly... K-
0: well, and HBO's like that, right? They, like, HBO has that stable, like Michael K. Williams, you know, obviously, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Gillian, uh, the guy who plays... Aiden, Car- Aiden, Aiden yeah. Gillen. Aiden Gillen, like, he's fucking fantastic. Um, so good as little i Ranger. just hope I somebody it.
1: finds something to do with that uh idris Elba guy
0: yeah if he could just you know yeah pull a career together it'd be good uh, yeah no th- yeah. that's
1: uh that's a that's such a special show and and you're right well, I think the see the two seasons that i the people rip the most are the ones I like the most
0: season two is so fucking good and and you know there's a little i, I think now that they're replaying it right they're there's these little um, sort of like two or three minute uh, where they interview the creator, David Simon and a few of the other uh, uh, characters heavily involved in the show. And they sort of intro the season and the start of intro to season two, you know, he addresses the criticism that like, Oh, you just added a bunch of white people in because you wanted to make it more palatable. And he was basically saying like, like that whole character, all those folks, the Steve doors, you know, the, the sort of these, lower class polish or you know irish working class people are underrepresented and that's exactly the point you know it's like you know it's that idea that like everybody (coughs) i would say the biggest challenge we have is people is that nobody can keep more than one idea going in their head at a time it's like are these people good or bad or are they just a victim of circumstance and it's like are the are the people in the ghetto you know or the sort of the projects you know, like Wallace and some of those characters, are they really any different than the Sabatkas? Not really. You know, they're a victim of you know the system and circumstances. So, well, anyway.
1: yeah, and, well, and, and giving <coughs> jobs to Excuse people me. like Pablo Schreiber, who is a miracle, and Chris yep. Bauer and people like that, those guys are are amazing. And you know, Amy Ryan, right, Amy, Amy, R- Amy Ryan, Ryan yeah, R- so good. Yep. yeah. You watch Den of Thieves, which is a actually kind of a great little movie. Pablo Schreiber is a is a star, and you watch American Gods, that guy is a star. I love Leo Schreiber pablo may be better and it would if it wasn't for the wire we would never know that guy existed
2: yeah. well and then the guy plays ziggy on season two there but I had a problem with he showed up in uh it too and he was like the best part of that movie
1: oh yeah, yeah ranson
2: yeah so
0: and he's part, yeah, James he, Ransom. like he's it, w- i mean he's like the yeah he okay he's a shitty fucking whatever but it's like the most heartbreaking part of the season because he's just this kid who's been mocked and made fun of and you know, trying to live in the shadow of his dad, like uh, yeah, fucking all the people who hate season two. If you hate season two, turn this fucking podcast. Well, off and, and honestly, off a river.
1: I think what people need to realize—well, they should throw themselves in a the river. But TV shows should be should be viewed as a whole. You right. know, it's these are these are chapters in a larger story, and everything feeds towards an end and if a show is well designed enough to where yeah there may be seasons that are slower or less sensational than others but if they feed towards the greater good then you view it as a collective and that's where the merit comes out of it that's why i I, when people talk about bad seasons of the sopranos or bad seasons of the wire bad seasons of breaking bad i can't take them seriously because when you view it as a collective they all feed towards an outcome that is the sum of its parts
0: yeah, I think one of the big challenges, or one of the big frustrations—I I would be the better word to use—is that people have this inherent need to rank things and fucking like put things on a list. It's like, why don't you just fucking enjoy it for what it is? And you, to your point, maybe this season wasn't your thing, but how did it play as a part of the bigger whole? Stop fucking trying to worry about which season's better than the other. What the fuck? Just watch it and enjoy it, you know. Well, That's and the reality
1: idea. of it is, is look at look at same thing with albums, same with most things. Over time the things that were underappreciated at the time end up becoming the most beloved in the long run. Sometimes it's just because people want to be different and iconoclast, yeah. but more often than not, time has a way of kind of equalizing things. Sure. And, and so you realize that, uh, uh, art kind of doesn't exist based on the viewership. It, it, it lives in its own world. And then when you view it from a distance and after having time, it all makes sense. You know, that's 100%. why when some, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, Although well, I don't, I don't think, uh, but Pell's Boutique's not that great, so get get over it, people.
0: <laughs> Fuck you, it is that good. But what I was going to say was that 100% of my favorite albums, music-wise, were the ones when I first heard it, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I think this was a misstep. I don't know that this was the right direction. It's not like the last album. And then like somehow, three months later, I'm like, it clicks, and you're like, holy shit. This I think when you're run. a
1: consumer of something like that, um, you your expectations come in and, and they really have no place. You just have to trust the creators and then for sure. And then, and then you come around eventually. And that's why that's there's right. a lot of shows that, you know, like, like I, with wire, I tried to watch the wire five, six times or when it first came out and I oh, could not yeah. get into yeah. it. But then when it had time to kind of find its feet and you go and you, you're able to watch it in larger chunks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you, the novella kind of nature of it and how, it, and how it's built and you just realize they had a they had their shit together. It just took me time to grow up to meet it.
0: Well, that's right. And I mean, you know, you'll probably fucking hate me for this, but like Fiona, Fiona Apple just came out with a new album like this week, and um, my wife and I are both big fans. My wife like loves her, and you know, we were both talking about it. Like on first listen, you're like, ah, it's a little different. I'm not so sure. But then, like, you know, four or five listens in, you're like, okay, like no, this shit is on fucking point. And there's a thing there so yeah trust the creator it's like the, it's
1: like the so. movie microscope i mean a lot of people like listen to the first episode like i don't know i don't i don't get it i kind of like their earlier work and then they you know episode 12 they're like god damn i can't
2: get enough of this shit
0: and then they bring fucking this character mackarowicz in and it's like <laughs> shut the shit down
2: <laughs> so what did instinct. you guys you guys what do you think you guys think about um
0: ice trays getting the shaft and in basic instinct <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a great point because when when they're in Douglas's apartment and he pulls out, he just sets that shit on his raw counter, just like smashing ice. By like, the way, everywhere. It's like, reinforcing that he is
1: a wannabe. He's a fucking wannabe. He even yeah. talks about how cheap he got the ice pick for at the grocery store.
2: That's right. Yeah, sucks. She, Like when, yeah, she's uh, she's you know maybe did this ice pick murder. He's talking to her. She starts to ice pick ice in front of him for drinks. And then later in his apartment, he does the same thing. But I was like, "You do you ever see an ice tray in this? No. Who is
0: not one. Who's cracking
2: an ice tray? I want to see that." I and let's be honest.
0: They had. Well, I was just gonna say. I mean, I you know what was this mid nineties? They had Early refrigerators 90s. and Freezers that produced ice. You didn't even need a <laughs> ice machine. Well, think know? about
1: this. Okay, at the beginning of the film, his character does not smoke or drink. Kill people. Well, he kills people, but he no, doesn't he make. Definitely, any- he
0: definitely, Huge ice craze shooting. They said Torres shooting so often that it was like it's apparently a, a type of crime. <laughs> okay, he
1: doesn't drink, smoke, or fuck weird. And by the end of the film, he fucks weird, smokes, and drinks. It's so obviously well, a that's, wannabe.
2: It's yeah. like uh, Unforgiven. Like he for, he gave up all that stuff, but as he gets back to his true self, yeah, he is indulging. This in is,
1: is a lot like Unforgiven. <laughs> Except exactly instead of like killing the dog, he does doggy style
2: with Gene Triplehorn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, without permission, Nick.
2: <laughs> what do you think when when uh, Douglas Douglas commits at the at, at towards the end of the movie? and He says, "I like you."
1: Oh, he tells her he's in love with her way early. Later, way Later. early, Later. The, he, way early he, for he reality.
0: Got, he's got he tests that, the waters. He's got pussy like fever. You. He can't, you know, he just like couldn't couldn't fucking, you know. Another you know title world.
1: that would have been better for this film is
2: Pussy Fever.
0: He's got a Pac Man fever. Well, it's too. a good point because, it, I mean, I guess basic instinct is a reference to sex, I guess, but it's like, what is that? How does that apply to the film? Like, other than that, maybe or it is just that.
2: Survival.
1: And Roxy had Sonic CD fever.
0: <laughs>
2: what do you guys think a basic instinct means then? Yeah, you, John, you think it means that it's sex, obviously, is, is a Well, I thought about it a lot, it.
0: but yeah, I just assumed it was the, the idea that, you know, everybody, you know, one way or another, you know, reproduction, whatever. It's just a basic instinct to fuck. I, I that was the only well, or, to the kill, way or, way
1: or to kill, or to kill. I mean, I think,
2: I, I think to reproduce, I think is what. And here's the thing I looked it up and it says the basic instincts, survival, reproduction, and uh, killing tourists. So he <laughs> well, like, it covers all right. three yeah, bases. Covered it all up. Yeah,
1: Justin, yeah. Um, there's a scene while, where Sharon Stone intentionally takes off her high heels to walk barefoot in the rain. Where does that rank on your wiki feet meter?
2: That's the thing is, there's a lot of bare feet in this movie. Sharon Stone is barefoot a lot, but
0: so is Doug. Not as
1: many as in The Edge.
0: (laughs) Did Tarantino associate produce this film?
1: (laughs) No, her feet look good.
0: Oh, true, (laughs) very true. They're Uh, clean. You know, by the way, once again, another diversion. But, you know, we, we can obviously go deep down a rabbit hole with Tarantino. But, like, you would have to assume at a certain point when you're a woman cast in a Tarantino film, he's like, all right, let's get those feet up on the windscreen here. Um, they're like, this guy's going to jerk off to this later, right? Like, that's got to be a little creepy for uh, Andy McDowell's daughter or whatever, Andy McDowell.
2: He's got a, he's got a, a, got a fetish, I guess, you know. It's, I don't know. it's I guess it's kind of harmless. And you know, compared to some, you know, um, uh,
0: maybe, maybe not. It's I definitely,
2: it's definitely, it's definitely awkward in his films. I think that's it's because. But again, you know, at the same time, it's like, I mean, here's how good of a
0: filmmaker know. he is. Silly, I
2: guess.
1: We love his films despite.
0: No, for it's sure.
2: 100%. Yeah, it definitely it definitely is strange.
0: So um, let me ask you two guys this, because I will say, you know, I've talked to you independently, Nick, and I know you do like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But, you know, I think you retired on the, the movie microscope version. But uh, <laughs> that movie is fucking brilliant. Is it, it not? I it mean, I probably watched it a hundred times. It is so fucking good. I don't know so if brilliant. I said it.
1: Yeah, I don't remember if I said it on the podcast, but I kind of knew that that film would age well. You know, it's his stuff, even, even in Glorious, which is my favorite of his movies, it gets, it's, you know, it's a, it's a true testament. Like rewatchability is insane. His stuff, yeah. other than Death Proof, for the most part, and the Kill Bill stuff, everything of his is very rewatchable.
0: I would say Kill Bill 1 is very rewatchable. Kill Bill 2 definitely drags. There's some brilliance in there. It's just a little much. The, a little editing there would have been. But you're absolutely right. You could just, you know. I mean, Django and Chain we didn't even touch on, but I'd like that it, one yeah. is just fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I, mean, I know well, everybody talks about Sally Menke, but even beyond her, you know, his shit is still uh,
1: well. I high. think every every great filmmaker still needs somebody to tell them no, and when right. when when that's taken away, and I you could see that period in Tarantino's career where I think I would say Kill Bill and Death Proof is is at that stage where he could basically write his own ticket, and Lucas with the prequels. I mean, there's a lot of guys yeah. who. You need that that angel on your shoulder who's going to tell you, hey, maybe this is too much.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think agree. I
2: think Kill Bill, I think Kill Bill's great.
0: Who do you think? I actually like think,
2: Death Proof. All right.
0: Who do you think was the angel on the shoulder for Verhoeven during Basic Instinct? Was there anybody telling him, you know, maybe, you know, less rape? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, you know what's
1: weird, weird is, up, is up, he, doesn't up, up. he doesn't have his guy. He doesn't have his Thelma Shoemaker. He doesn't have his Gary Kurtz. He doesn't have his yeah. his guy. But RoboCop is unimpeachable. I think Starship Troopers is magic, and. Uh, and uh he's he's just yeah he's i don't think he's i don't think he's of the same cut as some of the other great filmmakers that are out there but during his peak years he was he managed to make a very tired series of genres unique and interesting and yeah. gotta give him credit yeah, for provocative, that
2: provocative provocative filmmaker certainly uh extreme violence in his films kind of known for like pushing the boundaries but then he got the showgirls and try to do it with that. It just didn't work. Didn't I mean, work. that's kind of when he he it fell apart for him. Look right? at the I mean.
1: toolbox he had. He had Kyle McGlock and Elizabeth Berkeley. He didn't have exactly and and Gina. <laughs> what's, her what's her name? What's her name? What's the fucking? What's the girl from Bound? Uh, Gershon. Gina Gershon. Gina Gershon. He didn't exactly have uh, the cutting edge tools at his disposal. Gershon.
2: Gershon is fantastic. I like her. Much. I, I like, like her. Yeah, yeah she yeah, is yeah. great. Yeah, but Berkeley was certainly. Berkeley was cast because she was like in uh, Saved by the Bell, so they kind of wanted to flip the script a little bit on the perception of her. I think she's very pretty in that film, but you know, certainly that she's not good in it. And the script is just—I think
1: she was game. I think that was the main thing: is she was willing to do what they asked her to do. Yeah, yeah. So they also
2: wanted to kind of play with her image a little
0: bit. So I only briefly mentioned this, but you know, Alan Smithy film. So um, Nick, you'll you'll probably appreciate this, but back when I was in high school. my high school in in Georgia was one of the only that had a media production um, facility. It was state of the art at the time. And so me and uh, you'll remember Flash, of course, I won't say his real name just in case. I mean, whatever. It's not like it's a bad thing, but Adam McAllister. Okay. So we went through the (laughs) same. Well, whatever. It's not a bad story. I probably should have just said it. Good dude. So him and I were, uh, you know, in the same grade. So Somehow, I'm even trying to remember how it came about, but we went to Los Angeles for a screenwriting conference, and it was basically um, at UCLA or whatever, and it was pretty bullshit. But the main key feature were two things. One was a pre-screening of *Crawl: the Conqueror, but with unfinished uh, VX, and then two was the Alan Smithy film. So we got to watch those movies screen live, and Joe Esterhaus fucking wrote that movie. I mean, if you haven't seen that movie, it is fucking horrifically bad. I don't even uh, know what you're talking Burn, about. Burn Hollywood
1: Burn, an Alan Smithy film. It was it was one that was notorious for getting shelved and then re-edited. People took their name off of it. It was a nightmare.
0: It was the idea that they made it... like the, Whoever directed it, I don't even remember who it was, but Alan it was Smithy. so bad, took their name off it and made it an Alan Smithy film, even though hmm. the intention was for it to be a, a commentary on that. I don't remember much details, but I just remember just thinking about even as a so this
1: for the screenwriting conference we went to
0: that is right yes exactly right so this was before that and then there was this other one which that was actually cool because i mean you'll probably remember this nick but we got to see uh paul thomas anderson um darabont Uh, the, uh yeah, darabont um uh, bruce uh, joel uh, rubin no but yeah and I'm trying to think of the one guy who did uh, was it Kevin uh, Smith sideways in the descendants and all Alexander that Payne Alexander Payne he spoke that shit kicked ass and what was funny is Nick you know was sort of like the adult you know on the trip and um you know For once <laughs> well and here's the story so basically you know you got to pitch your screenplays, and so mcallister adam mcallister and i wrote this really i mean you know in hindsight really terrible screenplay but on raw we, on raw we thought it was fantastic you you made fun of me motherfucker because there was a character named dakota yeah. in it and you said that's not possible and then now there's like 18 dakotas running around um but dakota fanning being the most famous but this guy he well like, dakota
2: johnson's giving a run for money Let's this guy approached honest, us and, and dakota like these... and dakota schwarzenegger
0: <laughs> so he was like 25 or i don't know how this guy was Yeah, i'm an agent let me go take you to get some drinks so flash and i go get drinks and we're hanging out with this guy and nick of course panicking and they thought we were involved in some uh you know i'll let you tell what you thought was happening but yeah it was a pretty, i just felt uh,
1: compelled to protect you guys because i was sort of responsible for keeping you alive and Carl yeah. and i were, we're scared shitless that you were going to be one of those stories. You were going to be Simon Baker in LA Confidential. <laughs>
0: they would they would do it. They would do a a post mortem and go. There's a hot dogs and cum in stomach. <laughs> 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 that's, that's what happened in that movie. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, we had, we had cum and hot dogs. A hell of a last meal, right? <laughs> LA Confidential's is fantastic movie, by the way.
2: Masterpiece. It's great. Yeah, I love it. Yep. So. Uh, I'm looking through my notes. Douglas confuses at one point in this movie. He looks; he's trying to find a, a person that Sharon Stone mentions goes to her school and asks to see the name Oberman, right? Right. And Ober- then uh, yeah, yeah. They, Oberman was the mis- Yep. So so he, he so he does. They're like no one by that name was school at school here at Berkeley in 19 whatever
0: 83
2: or 80, 80, 83, right? Yep. So then he he tells Sharon Stone he's like. Yeah, there's no. I, I checked up. There's nobody there. It was their name, Oberman, and she said it's a Hober, Hoberman with an H. And then he calls back, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that person's here."
1: Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what kind of rudimentary search engine doesn't catch <laughs> Oberman in the name Hoberman?
2: Thus, thus, like, solidifying the fact that he is the absolute worst cop. Like, he's awful at everything in this this movie.
0: What do you mean, fucking? Oh yeah, prime, yeah, yeah, Hoberman. Fucking the prime suspect of a murder investigation is not good police work, Justin. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I he, he isn't even good at that. No, and the
1: fact is, he no. volunteers to drive her home after that interrogation scene, where he obviously has a connection
2: with her. It's just, it's it's
0: goofy. And his boss is like, "That makes sense. Please just drive her home." <laughs> and
2: he he does say like he does say that that line. that you guys pointed out that he says, um, "You know, you, you know, you're the I told your friend that you're the fuck of the century or whatever." The terrible line, no, man to man. But <laughs> fuck the who century. do you think that? What do, you, do think? you who do you Who do you think actually we should hang that title title on? Do you know what I'm saying? Like Michael J. Randy Jackson (laughs) from American Idol. Some or was it American? What was Randy
0: Jackson on? Uh, American Idol, I think. Is that? Oh God!
2: But I'm saying that they they wonder who the actual Michael J. Who actually wins that crown? You think it was Michael Jackson? A vibrator. Oh (laughs) Uh, yeah!
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> kind
2: of a ladies' man, though, that guy. Oh, there's a Dot, dot makes sure matrix printer shows up in this at the end when Sharon Stone is printing out her uh, her novel about um, Nick Current, uh, this cop based on Michael Douglas' character getting killed. Right. That's She's who, like, know, hang that's
1: around for six hours. Let me print this. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and he reads about, and he kind of skims it, and he sees that his partner, Gus, or, you know, his partner gets killed. And then it dawns on him when that's about to happen that Gus is about to get killed, and Gus does get killed. So what do you think of all that scene there?
1: It was sad. It was like the Charles Martin Smith and Untouchable scene. Elevator. Well, no, well, that just I, bloody and sad.
0: Well, what I will say is that you know Jan Duban cinematography I thought was great. Good editing. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith's score was fantastic.
1: He does not make bad music. That guy never did a bad score in his life.
0: He actually says that this, in his mind, is his best work, um, because hmm. apparently, uh, Verhoeven said very specifically that he did not want any, um, you know, sort of like, uh, you know, real—I uh, say real music, but whatever the right word would be—but no songs or pop culture, you know, type music or anything. Well, he Verhoeven to be like his driven
2: and he said his one thing was that he wanted one of all the instruments to be a harmonica. <laughs> so that's what he said, <laughs> and Goldsmith tried.
0: He won, he only,
1: Goldsmith only won an Oscar for *The Omen*, which is which is so strange. Because, I think
0: he may have been nominated for this. Oh, though. he got he
1: got nominated. Yes, he did, and he got nominated for. But you think about some of the scores that he's done over the years. Chinatown was him. Wow. Uh, he did the first *Star Trek*. He did *Poltergeist*. He did *L.A. Confidential*, which we talked about. Wonderful. Um, his score for actually *The Wind and the Lion* is one of the great, 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 great scores. That guy. Right till his dying day was was a miracle, and and you if you if you get a compilation of his stuff, I mean uh, John Williams gets all the accolades because of his his big bold like he John Combat Williams was up, able yeah. yeah he was able to distill it to like really good earworm type stuff, but Goldsmith 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 elevated the shit like nobody else. <laughs> he was amazing. Well,
2: he was actually on the he was actually scored, uh, Burn Hollywood Burn, but he took his name off of it and his credited as Alan Goldsmithy. So <laughs> if you so bad. All right. So um I'm at the end of my notes. Yeah, here.
1: no, me too. But it you know, it's it's funny. Now this film, which was such a controversial movie, is a curiosity now. It doesn't have any of the bite, it doesn't have any of the notoriety, it doesn't feel really that risky or risque even. It's just a movie. It's just another movie. You can watch. There's so many movies that have done that 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 macabre sexy so much better since that it doesn't even really register.
2: Yeah, I'd say if you if anybody hadn't seen it and was interested in watching it, I'd say watch it for uh, Sharon Stone. Basically, I mean, I, I don't really think it's even worth. You, Nick, you really like this film? Or I still like are, it
1: or, because of the nostalgia element of it. But
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I I don't know if it's something that people need to rush and see, but I I I think that you can get some value out of at least. Sharon Stone's charisma in this and her, her uh, kind of turns as a character. But other than that,
0: hey, Bart Nick, Simpson
2: keychain, that's why it's worth watching.
0: Hey, Nick, I think it's worth mentioning because I just looked it up. Who directed Burn, Hollywood, Burn, an Alan Smithy film and obviously took their name off of it? I don't know. Arthur Hiller.
1: Oh, my God, weird. Did he do... A, he did a great movie. He love, did like a...
0: Love Story.
1: no. There's a crime film that he did. It was great. Did he? He didn't do Bunny Clyde. But what did he do? He did a great crime flick.
0: Uh I mean, I'm looking at his uh, IMDb here. But um, Love Story in 1970, Man from La, Man of La Mancha, Man in the Glass Booth.
2: Did you catch uh, 22. Was, was he with Ma, Was he with Marilyn Monroe?
0: Is that right or no? Hiller.
2: I'm not sure. Maybe I'm just making that up. But, yeah, yeah it's a so. it's a
0: piece of – Whoopi Goldberg's in it, so we, we do have that going for it.
1: Oh, he did Nightwing with uh, the killer bats. That's what I was thinking of.
0: <laughs> hmm. Great crime film.
2: <laughs> or oh, I was thinking of Arthur Miller, I
0: think. Yeah. I rhymed them. You did.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, that was – I don't even remember that getting a, an actual uh, – theatrical distribution at that point i remember i was no, so excited because I mean, some a bunch of like big celebrities had cameos in it and then i think they no, even see, yeah. didn't stallone have a cameo in it
0: oh yeah i mean it was huge i mean when i say huge i mean there was tons of cameos in it um let me let me read off some of yeah. the names yep, brian yep. o'neill coolio chuck d um <laughs> eric idol richard jenny um Dead. sandra Bernhard, uh harvey weinstein God damn. I mean, you know, we should, they should have a collector's edition coming <laughs> Sherry out. Sherry Lungi from Excalibur.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah. Cutie.
0: <laughs> Stephen Doblosky. I love that guy. Um, and that's usually. Uh, oh, he was in this. Uh, yeah. No, well, that's right. Yeah. With so a beard. Maybe, maybe him and Esther House connected on the, that one.
1: So, okay. Yeah, it's it's kind of poop.
0: Uh, you know i I would say i'm glad i watched it i get it to an extent i can kind of see why it was as big as it was at the time it came out um certainly not a great movie but you know fun little noir i would say what what i appreciated about it is more what i wish we would see a little bit more of which is i like these kind of detective you know cop movies and they just don't make those anymore like they used to Um, there was detecting in
2: this when when did that happen i missed that scene (laughs)
0: That's a good point. I guess uh, you know, more of the uh the cop angle, the the noir angle. I don't know. I ju- I just appreciated some of that stuff. I just, you know, I miss those types of movies, you know. It's kind of like what Soderbergh would say. It's like that idea that, you know, you can either get $200 million or you can get $5 million. It's hard to make a $60 million movie anymore. And I think this would be an example of that where you know, you get a couple a list celebrities, a bunch of great character actors, tell a fun little one a list celebrity,
2: one a list celebrity. Sharon Stone, man, this she was working a lot before this, but she wasn't ever like certainly wasn't a household name until this. Well, I think this would definitely so be cited.
0: that idea, you know, it's just that idea of just a kind of a, a movie. I hate, you know, as weird as just a movie for adults, you know, just like you know, I don't know, you just don't see a lot of that stuff anymore. So anyway, I, I would I would go for more of that.
1: This will be, uh, this will be, con- this will be Exhibit A in the divorce trial of Catherine Zeta-Jones. That's for damn sure.
0: She stuck with him even after he said that he got throat cancer from going down on women. It's so funny. I don't,
2: I, I don't even remember you, uh, him saying that. Like, that's crazy that he said that. One hundred percent, he that. said
0: it. He said it sort of at like, like probably as a joke, but he's, you know, apparently throat cancer. It, it came about because of. Uh, uh, like herpes effectively or essentially it's a weird thing to yeah, to right. say as a joke. So basically not only were, was he going down on a lot of women, but he was indiscriminate herpes or not, he's all in. And so that's where he got it from. Um,
2: you know, I, the one juicy thing I read about this and I, you know, that's kind of a spinoff. The one thing I read of is I, I made me remember that Sharon Stone later on got married in her, her husband got bit by, in the foot by a Komodo dragon. Do you ever, <laughs> ever hear about that? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> they were taking, they were taking a, much like he, Nick Verhoven told uh, Sharon Stone to lose the underwear because of the white undies was messing with his lighting. They told Sharon Stone's husband to kick off his white sneakers because they thought that the Komodo dragon would be, a, be attracted to the footwear. Little did they know. Yeah. <laughs> So he got bit, and they had to uh i think reattach his toe or at least so it uh, you know was kind of coming off he- he got really hurt by it uh, and then she later divorced him. I wonder if it was because of that well, you, i don't I,
1: a rudimentary search on Google will just tell you that komodo dragons are green Burgarians, so
2: <laughs> I didn't know the dragons were at, at, attracted to white tennies. yeah that's what's that's uh I don't know. That's that's an amazing zoom there for. I had no idea. Um, Let's do the work. Yep. So John, you've been
1: given uh you've been given a a a, green, a gift certificate to the tattoo parlor, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you can have uh, the uh, magnificent visage of anything from Basic Instinct put on your person. What is hmm. it, and where does it go?
0: Hmm. I guess it would just be Bart Simpson on my ass. <laughs> So you'd have two? <laughs> well, yeah, just a tattoo of Bart Simpson on my ass. Just like, you know, Don or Janine Triplehorn's character.
2: She does like, she has a closet, or not a closet, she's a, a loud and proud Simpsons fan in this movie. That's right. Yeah.
1: I'm going to get a uh, a completely uh, hot and bothered Wayne Knight on my cheek. <laughs>
2: Hot and bothered, he does he is sweating in this. Yeah, isn't he, he is,
1: he is, uh, he is, he's gonna spank if effusely that evening. You could tell just by the mm-hmm. look on him.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get a, a tattoo of Ashley Lawrence from Hellraiser on my shoulder <laughs> and underneath. I love her, I loved her in Basic Instinct. And when people try to correct me, I will correct. Them. Yeah, she's you know she's,
1: she's talking to all these people. She's like, I was in one A list film. <laughs> 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 um, all right, so you have been given the financing to create your own Basic Instinct theme-themed product. What shape would that take? What's that I mean, guy be, like?
0: It would—it would be hard not to pick an ice pick, right? I mean, it's just so predominantly featured throughout the film. I think I'd have to go with an ice pick. Yeah.
2: Would it be like a, a like a- mass
1: marketed thing or?
2: Like a little bloody, like kind of some printed out blood on it, or you know, I don't know, painted. Well, how, how what would you do to, to
0: tie it in? Hmm. That's a good question. Um Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Mark, maybe Mark, there'd Mark be Mark like half, on the maybe handle. Maybe half of an eyeball attached to the end of it. Oh yeah. I mean, the guy, did a fucking ice pick right in the eyeball in the in the sex scene.
2: Let me uh, say this about Johnny Boz, the first victim in this film. Let me zoom in real quick.
0: He did not look like he was enjoying dying. He didn't he didn't he was not a fan. He's the guy. It is it is an odd thing to think about fucking some like murdering somebody while their dick's inside of you.
1: Isn't that you how know? Jade starts? Doesn't somebody get killed during the act in Jade at the beginning too? I think it's that's what happens.
2: I don't think that maybe is what happened.
1: Somebody gets killed in their domicile at the very beginning of that.
2: Oh, oh, yeah. He's tied up, though. I think he's tied. Like, they're they're doing a little S&M thing okay. or something. So, so I'm right, yeah. basically. I can't
1: remember. So, I'm going to have a uh, a really cool brand of tennis shoes that um, look like normal tennis shoes until you put the black light on them. <laughs>
0: covered in cum.
1: And they're called Dexie's Midnight Runners. But <laughs> instead of Dexie, they're called Roxy's Midnight Runners. Oh, oh, there you go. go. Oh, See, I'm saying? Cum, some cum-stained shoes.
2: Yeah. I would get, I would, uh, my, I would produce a blow-up doll for this movie uh, and advertise it as Sharon Stone blow-up doll. And when you order it, it comes in as actually Michael Douglas. And it just blow and it actually blows up. <laughs> um, it's, at some point, at some point, somebody says in this movie, I wrote this down, <laughs> the ship blew. You remember that? Like they're talking about her parents dying and they got blown up in a ship. And, so, and one of the cops says, the ship blew. And I was like, well,
1: there's another great line where he says, Jack off, Jack sex off and the never damn machine. This.
2: Jack off the damn machine is in this as well. Yeah. And he says it a couple times. Yeah. That, that's God.
1: Speaking of Chris Bauer.
2: Anyway, no, I just—I take it all back. I just do a blow-up Michael Douglas doll from this.
0: <laughs>
2: you think there? You think there's room for that in, in people's purchases? Yeah, absolutely. You kidding?
0: I mean, and today, Christmas is coming up. I mean, everybody's at home on you know quarantine. Who wouldn't want a Michael Douglas blow-up doll in today's day and age? Yeah. All right.
1: Um, all right. So you've been inserted into Basic Instinct. Your character. Who are you in this storyline?
0: I'm the guy who, who put together that pulley system to get Roxy out of the uh, the, the hole there. I mean, it Feels like good oh, yeah. on good honest work. It probably, you know, union. So there's probably a good hourly rate on it. A little overtime because it was after hours. I'm
1: for yeah. it. You were you were Harrisburg, Pennsylvania's mousetrap champion in uh, nineteen ninety one. So that's perfect.
0: <laughs> I don't
2: know. How about you, Nick? You have any idea who you'd be? Shit, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. So I,
1: I guess uh, I'm the uh, I'm the guy who's in also in the interrogation room, who is sitting in the, in the in the shadows, kind of. You know, there's a lot of people. I'm the guy that's kind of the stenographer, kind of keeping the court record of what's what they're saying. And I can't keep saying, "Did you just see her? Did you just see her vagina? Did you guys <laughs> just see that? Her vagina was <laughs> not a second ago."
2: Point out the obvious. Yeah.
1: It's kind of annoying because yeah. his voice keeps cracking when he says it, and he just cannot say it enough because he's. That's a big moment for him, and uh, no, these guys
0: try to play cool. You type in type in the notes. You're like you're reviewing the record. Have Have you ever fucked on cocaine? And then it's like you know, suspect shows her vagina. That would be the next <laughs> thing typed in. Be great. It could be
2: like a. It could be giggling the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> be that character. Yeah. yeah.
1: This is pre pre cell phone prevalence, so I couldn't be. Otherwise he'd be texting everybody in his friend circle. I just saw the weirdest spread you can imagine. (laughs) Uh,
2: I don't know who I'd be. I I guess I'd be, um, you know, when the one guy dies, he gets shot in the head of Daniel von Bargain's character died horribly in real life too. Yeah, he did actually. And, um, but a great actor, by the way. I always liked him in everything he was in. Always, he was great. Always, in super Troopers. He's good in Super Good. good in Dune, and brother. in Dune. I'm not sure. Did he go that far Maybe back? Not, but he but he was, He's. Yeah. He's always good. And he's and he's fun in this. He doesn't have. He has a couple scenes in this, but he's he hates Michael Douglas. And he's so and he's right. I'm into it. Um. He. Uh, he. It, so they. They're. He's. He's been shot in the head in his car, and the cops are there investigating it. At, uh. And so everybody thinks because you know Michael Douglas character had argued with him and they think that maybe Michael Douglas did this, you know, Nick Curran or whatever. And so they take his gun, his boss takes his gun and then his boss smells his gun. <laughs> yep. Do you, do you remember that? Like he smells yeah. it to see if it's been yeah, used. Exactly. Either that or he just likes to smell guns. That's his, that's his thing. <laughs> I, I'd be the other character there that would also smell the gun to double check.
0: <laughs> Could I, can I just get in a-
2: case that guy, in case that guy, I'd be the backup in case that guy has allergies or like he, has a cold or something? Yeah, you can, know? I, can I get
0: a quick can I get a quick whiff over here? Can I get a whiff?
2: Yeah, let me get let me smell that guy. Like, it, it actually smells like it has been used. You said it. You said you don't think so. Then maybe we get like a third guy. Well, there. the cool thing is, I'm to break the top. I'm glad they cut know?
1: the scene out of you at Johnny Boz's crime scene.
2: <laughs>
0: Are you sure he came?
1: Are you sure he came? Let me smell his
0: nut. <laughs> So much cum Double on those juices. I mean that had to be like like he's probably bad I think mean, for a rich guy you would assume he'd have some cleaning service come that's through, they, but it's like they,
1: they whip pan to his mat- mantle and there's like six bottles of pineapple juice
2: there. That's that's the thing though, isn't it doesn't <laughs> blood isn't blood kind of like show up like that too? So is there really a different? Like, you put those glasses on, are you gonna see everything
0: kind of glow in that scene? I think the cum those, though is not visible to the naked eye, so it isn't. It is not. It has, but like, but the blood. I think that's that's a man with on, experience.
1: They, uh,
2: <laughs> here's another thing: is this movie got heavily criticized because they don't ever talk about DNA in it?
1: Yeah, and that, and he, have, and he, apolog, DNA he was apologized effect. for that. Yeah, Michael Douglas. No, no, Hester, Hester, Hester. I know. I know. <laughs>
0: He also yeah. apologized for all the smoking. They said they glorified smoking, and then he was afflicted with lung cancer. So he came out later and said he wished he didn't glorify smoking. And I said, <laughs> maybe I wish you just never picked up the pen. That would be maybe <laughs> a wish that I would have hoped for. <laughs> oh, Esther house said that. Yeah, yep. yeah. He, he he got lung cancer, so he, he came out later and apologized specifically for that movie because of the glorification of smoking. He also
1: um, said, please don't ever run a blacklight over me.
0: Come everywhere, (laughs) head to toe. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: you got an island, and uh, it's loaded with debris from various films. Uh, John simply has some stuff lying around from Beowulf. But what are you guys gonna? What are you gonna? What totem are you gonna carry back to the uh, the old spot?
0: Hmm. I mean, is Sharon Stone's vagina an option? I mean, I think the whole thing, but you said, you know, an object, so I'm just trying to narrow it down. I mean, you know,
1: you you have a very weird island so far.
0: (laughs) Very very erotic.
1: Very erotic island. I think think you took Angelina Shalif for sex.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if I'm going to be stuck on an island, why not make it a sex island, right?
1: (laughs) Hey, (laughs) acceptance is the first step
0: buck island right i mean you know what else am i gonna do on an island you climb a tree fucking look for a coconut you know no fuck
1: it would be nice to have a guy calling you hoss on that island
0: yeah i'm i'm okay with that as long as there's some justin you know.
2: hmm i, I guess i take i just take one of the pick the the black and white pictures that sharon stone with the with her boxer ex-husband that died <laughs> <laughs> I was thought, thought that was kind of a nice little momentum from this film. Like, remember, her, uh, she has, wasn't she married to that guy and then he dies and then she was with Johnny Boss, he dies. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I'll take that picture. I like the frame. Does that have a frame? Uh, for, I mean,
0: Nick, for me, 100% Janine Triplehorn did all the murders, right? Don't you agree? Absolutely. Until the end. Until the end. You're not, well, what do you mean? Until the end.
1: Well, she's reaching for an ice pick at the end. So. She's she's taken the mantle. This story continues, and Sharon Stone is now your adversary. But yes, gotcha. Jean Triplehorn up until that moment is the villain.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is that when when Janine Triplehorn tells Michael Douglas that Beth. that it was well when Beth tells whatever Michael Douglas Janine Triplehorn <laughs> tells so and so that yes she was copying me. I think that is the the reality of the story that uh, Sharon Stone's character was Catherine was. You know, copying Beth, and so now that the final moments there, she's looking to take the mantle. So I think you're on to it, Nick.
2: I don't know. I don't. I don't. I still don't think. I think it's in the air about who the real killer is. I think. I think it's pretty good probability that Sharon Stone.
0: Well, it's either they're both killers or one of them the killer, because certainly Janine Triplehorn killed uh, Haas, right? Yes, or whatever his name is. Yeah, I mean,
2: there's no, there's no clear, there's no clear in the script. There's no clearly in this. That's true. Nothing is clear.
0: That goes back to maybe (laughs) Joe Esterhaus should have have set the pen down. One thing
1: is clear, and that's why I brought a set of binoculars or eyeglasses to the island for me, is I've got that visor. So what I want to do is I want to see it come out. I want to see an unspoiled scene become a spoiled scene with my special goggles on.
0: Okay. So, so just get, before you, you get the, before you build a shelter, you just want to make sure there's no cum. And
1: everywhere. then, I, I, well, I just want to make sure it's unspoiled. And then I'm going to spoil the living daylights out of it. And I want to watch <laughs> that happen in real time. And I've got the perfect eyewear for that job.
0: So that was your mistake. See, I brought all the, the vagina with me. So I don't have to, you know, now no, no, you're no, over I, here just jerking off on trees or something. No, you no, you don't, to
1: do I have a tracker going to bring in some special shit to the island.
0: Okay, okay. I'm wearing right. ladies
1: clothing. I've got bodies. I'm golden.
0: So so far I've got Angelina Jolie with demon high heels and Sharon uh, stone in her in her prime.
1: And I have um, Georgie and the bo- and a body in a dumpster and I have women's clothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah, just yeah. take the
2: black light black light specs. Yeah, yeah. And you just feel guilty about your life there. I guess it'd be you'd see all what you've robbed evidence, um,
0: evidence of all your self uh you know Whatever. i like the idea michael that douglas and-
2: by the way true to form michael douglas looked ridiculous in those glasses so <laughs> they were huge and he looked dumb he's in um uh disclosure later on he's wearing a vr headset he looks stupid in that too you know like he's got a long history of looking dumb in eyewear does anybody you know?
0: not look stupid in vr headset though
2: I you know what I, I find myself kind of beautiful when I when I put the pop those mm-hmm. on. So I'd I'd say I, me. Okay. Well there you go. Is the one the one person that breaks the rules. See, I have
1: this I have this image in my head of a rescue team arriving at my island, even though I don't want to be rescued. And I'm and they're like, mm-hmm. let's just get you everywhere. out of here. And I'm like, pop these glasses on. I want you to check some shit out.
0: <laughs> they're like, he just <laughs> nice like we we do not need to rescue I this. I cannot guy.
1: believe you rewrote the word parenthood out on this mountain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello, in today's climate, you, they might bring you back and elect your president.
1: That's dope. Oh, yeah. So uh, while we're in contamination here, uh, let's let's pop in a recommendation on our way out. So let's recommend a flick on our way out.
0: Mm. Shit. All right. Somebody's got to go first.
1: I'm going to – I'll go with one that I've mentioned, I think, on here before that is not available on any normal means, but it's one that you should seek out. It's
2: Mr. Frost. Jeff, Goldblum. Okay. Yeah, you may, Jeff you, Goldblum. You recommend hard to find hard to find movies. Yeah, well, I don't I think it's hard to find, right? It's hard to find, but that's what's that's the
1: glory in it is finding it. You know? So mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum is the devil. That's all you really need to know. Jeff Goldblum is the devil. It's a wonderful movie. It's very quotable. It's just one of those movies that is uh is is ultra rewarding if you could find it.
2: Yeah, I saw the movie one time and it stuck with me. I mean, it's it's creepy. who, who is Kathy the, Baker the... and
1: Alan Davis, whatever that older, Alan Bates. Is she the female
2: lead? Yeah. I can't Kathy remember who Baker, else was in yeah. it besides Goldman. Kathy Baker.
1: Yeah.
2: So she's like really the star of it. Great
1: actress, way. great actress who looks like she's been punched by God.
0: So, Nick, you mentioned Call Me By Your Name earlier, but it just made me think of, um, you know, obviously his next film, which I don't think, you know, people talked about, but I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it as much as I thought they would. But his remake of Suspiria, absolutely off the rails, bonkers. I mean, I found it highly disturbing, upsetting in a very good way. Um So for those that haven't sought never, that out, that's on Amazon it. Prime. It is fantastic. Did you see it, Nick? It no, I haven't. Like I didn't
1: know he did it, to be honest, because I love Call calling Me By Your Name.
0: Dude, unbelievable. And it's like such a great example. It's almost like that Verhoeven thing of like RoboCop, Total Recall, Basic Instinct, you know, just sort of such a tonal shift. But um, there are some stuff, there's some stuff in there. I'm not easily disturbed. Like you can show me anything, like whatever, gore, whatever doesn't bother me. Uh, But there were some scenes in that film that like, I was thinking about days, if not weeks later, Um, you know, Tilda Swinton's fantastic in it. Um, I think it's Dakota Fanning, motherfucker, I told you Dakota, um, going back to my script in, in high school. But point is, is it is really, you know, and it's one of those where it's like I watched it once. I'm not sure I'll see it again. I might watch it in the future, like years out, but really, really well done, really creepy, really atmospheric. But it, I'm talking about some of the most disturbing, like if you really want to watch something that'll just go like, holy hell. I
1: I think the original is one of my least favorite of his movies. So that's why I never really gave it much of time. I would
0: agree. And that's the thing. That's why I avoided it. But when it came out on Prime, I'm like, let me check it out. You know, because, of course, there was that years and years of David Gordon Green was trying to make it. And there was all, you know, it was always going to be remade. It finally came together. And I mean, there's a scene where without spoiling it, um, you know, one of the characters who is sort of favored by the, the coven of witches is sort of without her knowledge, given this power. And so she's doing this dance. And while she's doing the dance, one of the other uh, dancers who's now cast out because she's understanding that something's not right here is being just torn mm-hmm. apart. So she's in this room and her back's just bending. It's the, and it is. It is. so original, fucked up. Right? Well, it is. But the way they do it in the remake, it is just so fucked up. And then the way the witches yeah. come in, they just have these hooks. They just grab her flesh and just carry this, you know, hump of flesh out. I mean, it and that, she's always good. She is so good. So that would be one. I mean, it's it's a tough one to watch. You know, it may not be light viewing, but um, uh, to me, that's what, you know, because I love Call Me By Your Name. But then I'm like, OK, this guy's one to watch. Like, I, I unfortunately, I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, but he is a director that we should be seeing some brilliance out of over the next, you know, 20, 30 years. Absolutely. Is uh,
2: Michael Douglas... A cameo is somebody that's sitting on the on the witches. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Strolling on in there as a piece of sex candy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well,
0: I mentioned Can't it. Can't take his
2: eyes off of him. Here we
0: got two 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 big movie guys that haven't watched it. I think a lot of people missed it or didn't watch it for whatever reason. It's it's worth seeking out. It's, it's Luca. Luca Or Guadagnino.
1: Right. yeah.
0: Luca, yeah, yeah. I I haven't even seen Call Me By Your Name.
1: Actually. So, so good. So, so good.
0: Log off, Justin. Fuck off. Just kidding. Seriously, that is a wonderful,
1: wonderful, wonderful movie. I'm in. Okay.
2: I am in a forever state of fucking off, my friend. So, <laughs> well, can you give uh, us some, sir? I would recommend a movie that I guess you could kind of link to this movie in a weird way is uh, the Last Seduction, which we've okay. talked about before. Yeah, and yeah, actually, yeah. we and Nick we talked about when we we did Jade, but that's a uh, John Dahl movie featuring Linda Fiorentino as the femme fatale and Peter Berg. And uh, who Nick loves? She's great. Um,
0: she was excellent in uh, uh, fucking Jay and Silent Bob. Right, Nick?
2: Uh, Wasn't I can't she on help that you. Note. Uh,
0: what was she in? Uh,
2: you're thinking of? I'm thinking of uh, the, uh,
0: Dogma. Sorry, my bad. Dogma. Dogma. Yeah. yeah. Piece
2: of shit. Yeah, came, Kevin that, Smith. Yep. Kevin Smith famously hated working with her, but um, I famously yeah, hate she's Kevin really Smith, good.
0: So it's cool. <laughs> equal.
2: She uh, is really. Um, fantastic in this movie kind this movie kind of made her a little bit of a name for a while and and it's a it's a really it's a really good movie it's like kind of uh similar to basic in some ways but with a good script i guess and and, uh humorous moments that are intentional you know so um i i i think i'd recommend that or or red rock west remember that that's the movie i haven't seen for a long time that's a good one too that's uh, nick cage right Yeah, yeah
0: So, yep. so why so Yoakam is the
1: reason to watch that film
0: There's a guy I follow on Twitter Nick and I don't even remember Who it is off the top of my head But Kevin Smith back in um, July 9th, 9, So every year this guy retweets it Kevin Smith literally wrote this on Twitter You may be familiar with it He goes 10 years in and we bone like we're cheating on each other With each other A decade plus in her clit brown taint area Still pones my dick Fuck Kevin Smith he should be ejected into outer space. Fuck him.
2: I think that he, uh, <laughs> you're talking, you're talking about I, Eric Allen.
0: My only hope would be that the, of the, you know, couple hundred listeners. I don't know how many people listen to this. I'm sure at least drawing.
2: 200. I'm just going to say least 200.
0: that two if, hundred. If Kevin Smith was one of them, please just know that you're hated.
2: He's not, uh, Eric, you think of Eric Allen hatch? I think that's the guy that retweets that all the time. He's very fun to follow on Twitter. However, Apparently the rumor is that Kevin Smith's wife wrote that as a joke on his Twitter account. Maybe he rewrote that much like Sharon Stone's rewriting the I think that, interrogation that I, think he, theme, he, I think
0: he wrote that probably with her knowledge. And then when he got fucking crushed with it, that she probably came out and said something. But no, I mean, I, I, I joke a little bit. I mean, you know, going back, Clerks was probably one of those movies that was formative early in my, you know, movie watching career. I'm like, Oh my God, this is something. But um outside of the original clerks, garbage, not great. Can I, can I zoom in? Yeah, zoom Kevin in.
1: Smith reviewed the Phantom medicine on what site? Chud.com. Chud, Chud.com dogs.
2: Yeah.
0: I love it. He fucked up. I can't hate Smith that much. I mean, I, I tease. I don't hate the I don't have hate in my heart, to be honest. I just I just I struggle with him because he did have, I felt like some talent coming out of clerks and I think it just it almost hit too big and he just never grew up. It was like he just got frozen in this sort of like, you know, whatever his, you know, formative you know, his like new jersey growing up thing and he just got locked in at that age. And it's like, All right, man, time to hang up the hockey jerseys and shit and just like grow up and, and just the
1: happen. jorts. Just get rid of the Jorts and I'll be happy.
0: Please please the Jorts for Christ's sakes. Lord have mercy.
1: Hey guys, thank you so much for taking the time to <laughs>